amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Elon Musk says it may be time to bring back Alex Jones. After Tucker Carlson dropped his interview with Alex Jones about a half an hour long, the quartering tweeted that it's time to bring him back. And Elon Musk said, yeah, let's run a poll. And then someone else tweeted, here's why Alex Jones was banned in the first place. And Elon Musk says that doesn't sound like uh, I'm paraphrasing, but that's not a legitimate reason for a ban on someone. So it may be that we are winning the censorship. Well, we are literally winning against the censorship industrial complex, but we're also winning against the woke industrial complex because now we've got this big firm saying they're going to pull one hundred million dollars out of the universities over these presidents defending far left calls for. Uh, <laughs> so so I want to be very careful on this one. At least Stefanik asked. These presidents, if calling for the genocide of Jews broke their rules and they all said, well, I guess it depends on the context. This is resulting in a massive backlash, which is particularly interesting. So we'll talk about that. Plus, we got to talk about Vivek Ramaswamy. He said a whole bunch of things on stage last night at the GP debate. He said January 6th looks like an inside job. He's wrong. January 6th is definitively an inside job because there's videos of police officers opening the door, fanning people in, taking selfies with them and giving them guided tours. So if that's not an inside job, I don't know what is. But uh, he also said that great replacement theory is not a conspiracy theory. It's Democrat policy. And of course, now Van Jones has said he's shaking hearing this man who's going to outlive Trump by 50 years. And this is the right of like Nazi fascism, whatever. OK, well, how about I play a clip of Van Jones saying that he and, and the woke left are asking white people to give up on being a majority and accept becoming a minority quite literally echoing claims made by by those who are discussing uh, great replacement. So we'll talk about that. Before we do, head over to castbrew.com if you'd like to buy the best cup of coffee you've ever had. You can pick up your re-rise with Roberto Jr. limited edition. Once it's gone, it's gone forever. But everybody's favorite seems to be Appalachian Nights. And in second place, Rise with Roberto Jr. Now for a while, Rise with Roberto Jr. was number one. That's our dark roast, our light roast, and we also have stand your grounds, a medium roast. It's whole bean, it's ground, your choice, as well as K-Cups. This is part of our plan to open a physical location. We've got one uh, coming up in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We're probably going to open the private skate shop and club first because that's super easy to do, and that is currently underway as well. But when you go to Casper.com and you buy our coffee, you're supporting that mission. But don't forget to also go to TimCast.com, click join us to support us directly. As a member, you'll get access to our Discord server to hang out with like-minded individuals, and you'll get access to all of our content. We've got several documentaries. We've got a bunch of silly shows. We've got Cast Castle, and uh, we put out Infringed, uh, the latest documentary. And of course, we're going to have the uncensored members-only show coming up tonight, where you as members can actually call in and talk to us and our guests. So it should be a lot of fun. Smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Joining us tonight to talk about this and everything else is Rep. Eli Crane. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh. Sounds like your mic's not on. Do we get it? Mm. Nope. <clears throat> oh, we had. I think we had that issue. We were having a no, similar no, issue. No, the microphone. That's weird. Yeah. I'll figure that out here. What's going on? I think it's so. Th the, the other day we had a headphone problem. I'm wondering if whatever is joint, like bringing these cables together, is busted. Maybe. Is it? I mean, it was working like literally three minutes ago. Yeah. Here, in the meantime, wait, wait. I heard something. Check, check. Nope. No, no. Come, come, come sit over here in the meantime while we work on it. 
You'll, you, you'll be honorary Ian. Yes. Do we know what happened? Uh, not yet. I'm trying to figure it out. All right. Well, uh, there you go. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, Eli Crane, man. I'm currently a congressman from Arizona, uh, former small business owner, um, f uh, Navy veteran as well. So dad, husband, you know, all of that. Right on. We've, we've got some uh, interesting stuff coming out of Congress. I guess Jamal Bowman got, got censured. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. And this is kind of funny. Uh, Kevin McCarthy resigned. He's gone. I yep. mean, was that a big deal for you guys? I, no one seemed to care. <laughs> it just kind of disappeared. Yeah, I think it was kind of surprising. Uh, I don't think too many people saw that coming. Um, I was one of the uh, eight who voted him out. So, right on. So, yeah. Whoa. Um, oh, that was it right there. That's was it, awesome. I think I obviously just heard a noise. And if you want, we can just yeah, talk into it. You can't. We can just do this. Nothing. Hey, you can just do this if you want, Serge, because this works. I can hear. Uh, I think people can hear we can me. We just swivel that microphone over. I, I mean, it's making noises, but I think the cable broke. I think the cable might be. I don't know why it's all wrapped around our head. I what's going on. Probably just well, need to get a new cable. Yeah, probably. Oh, I know what, I know what happened. Is people keep spinning the arm around. Yeah. Oh. And then it ripped the cable out. Yeah. Like tore the threads on the inside of the Well, rubber. Ian doesn't have a camera either. I'll, I'll move yeah, your yeah, drinks. Ian, if you want me to swap with you, brother. <clears throat> Yeah, once we get everything set up, we can refabricate re the... Uh... Anyway, Phil Labonte's here hanging out. Hi, everybody. My name's Phil. I'm the lead singer of All That Remains, the heavy metal band. I'm a failed musician, uh, anti-communist, and a counter-revolutionary. And Ian is bouncing around the table. What up? I'm sitting in Dickie Barrett's chair. Did you guys see that show? His that was chair. awesome. There were a lot of people upset in that chair. Yeah, Milo, is, my, uh, Milo sat. Milo in Yiannopoulos sat here. Uh, this is like a, this is a golden chair. I like the, having the musical stuff in the background. I'll only yeah. be here for a little while little while these headphones are a little jacked too i think it, they slide out of the out of the this thing they yeah. don't lock into place well but, it is uh, what it is when it's in it's in these things happen and then uh serge is pressing the buttons yeah trying to figure this all out here serge is running dude serge is like a hurricane <laughs> he's spinning it's around weird. the room it's, it's showing me that it's feeding but there's just nothing coming through so it looks at the cable i don't know cool can you, you see got, me we, we had a problem with yeah, it yeah. yesterday too awesome well, say la vie. How about we just jump into the news then? You want to switch now? Yeah. Let's do it. All right, there we go. All right, and while they're doing that, here's the story from the post-millennial. Elon Musk considers bringing Alex Jones back to X. We'll run a poll to decide. So here's what happens. We, uh, we have Tucker Carlson drop his interview with Alex Jones. The quartering tweets, think about how much letting Alex Jones back on X would make the machine rage, Elon Musk. It's time. Elon responds. Will consider. In general, since this platform aspires to be the global town square, permanent bans should be extremely rare. Also, if he does say something false on this platform, then community notes will correct him, whereas that would not be the case elsewhere. And then he says, let's hold a poll. So this could be it. I think uh, I, I think with this boycott, the uh, attack against Elon Musk and X, which is clearly uh, nonsensical. Uh, Elon earlier was tweeting at Disney because Instagram and Meta, uh, Instagram and Fa uh, Facebook Meta companies were sued by the New Mexico AG for advancing, allowing and facilitating child abuse and all that entails trafficking, et cetera, and materials. And so Elon Musk is saying, why, why are they still advertising on these on this platform? How come all these advertisers are on Facebook with no problem about something we've all known about now for how it's been like a year? Since the initial reports came out that they were doing this and no action's been taken and they're boycotting X. 
I think actions like that result in Elon being like, all right, screw it. Alex Jones is back. I, I think that Alex Jones coming back is probably baked into the kick now. I, I don't know that I don't know that I agree that the the treatment of Musk currently by the government and by the other media establishment um, is is the defining factor. I think that the conversation that that um, Tucker Carlson had with uh, with with Jones, I listened to about half of it on the way on the way here today. Um, and I think that there's a lot of compelling uh, there's a lot of compelling stuff in the conversation that would that would. I think would make Musk uh, kind of sit up and be like, oh, I, I misunderstood. Because if I understand correctly, Musk's position was Alex Jones did do this and that's why he was booted off. And apparently um, that's I, not the case. So. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think Elon Musk's position was publicly, well, Alex Jones said a bunch of bad things. So, you know, there's a, there's a line. But in reality, it was, guys, there's only so much I can do. Right. We, yeah. We, he was trying to avoid having every advertiser just jump off the platform. But if that's happening already, seems like Elon's like, all right, screw it. Whatever. Well, I think, I mean, he probably kind of, I mean, maybe there is a little more to your initial comment than I, than I initially said, because he's probably, he probably is thinking, well, you know, they're banning, they're, they're affecting my advertising base anyways, right? Like I've, right. I've done the things that, that you're supposed to do to get along with them. But because I, own X and don't want to, you know, just allow the FBI to have an office in my building. Um, because of that, then they're still going to go and, and try and attack me and, and try and ruin the business. I think that uh, I think that he that that probably does have a, a, a significant impact on his his take. Fully agree. That's exactly what I think is happening. They, and I, I would even consider that the advertisers aren't even boycotting X; they're boycotting Elon. They're it's a personal. It seems personal. I think it's governmental. <clears throat> Oh, I think yeah. Like I said, I like that's why I said uh, mentioned an uh, an FBI desk in Twitter because that's essentially what they had before. I forget what his name was. The guy that was the FBI lawyer that worked at Twitter. He was the Twitter's top lawyer. But in the same way that you don't leave the intel establishment, like if you get out of you know you you stop working at CIA and you go working go to a. a a tech company, you're still working for CIA at a tech company. You could argue. you still have the connections. You're still making, you still have the, you know, you still can talk to the people that you used to work with. And you know for a fact the higher ups, the bureau chiefs and stuff, or, or the higher ups at, at CIA are calling you up and saying, hey, can you get me this or can you do this if they want something from the tech company? You could argue that tech companies, big tech companies, are wep can be weaponized. I mean, just like Boeing can be weaponized. They're 100% already part of the yeah. military industrial complex. Exactly. But they also make. Com commuter jets like they'll make commercial airliners but then they were also machines were weaponized for war and social media i think can also be very very easily so is there are they right do you what do you think well you know, i, I want to ask you uh, did, have you worked on any of the uh, weaponization stuff whether they're, they're tracking what was going on with collusion no i haven't i'm on homeland security small business and veterans affairs and i think it's great i'd love to see alex back on uh back on x <laughs> Yeah. Oh, he's back. On Homeland yeah, Security, I, I, you have to have a, a clearance for that and stuff? Clearance right? for what? For Homeland Security. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every every member of Congress gets oh, they, clearance. Okay, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. What is what, it? Yeah, how exactly? No, uh, uh, what level of clearance? Are we are we allowed to know? Um, I mean, I don't think there's too much that you're not allowed to see as a member of Congress. No, I mean, like, does the public know the degree of clearance that members of Congress get? Is it publicly known? Like, if you're in Congress, you get top secret or something? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean... Yeah, you, you. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You, you get top secret. Oh, okay. Well then. Yeah. I want to know what's going on with, uh, uh, I, I don't think it's a coincidence that Meta's, Meta's apps are now uh, wide, wide, widespread reporting about the facilitation of child abuse. Not a single advertiser cares. The same thing happened with, buy the, it. with the whole January 6th thing. Everybody, all of the evidence shows that the people that did talk about you know going to the protest and possibly rioting or whatever they were all making the converse they were all having conversations on facebook and yet the government blamed parlor and went after parlor's infrastructure and basically you know torpedoed parlor saying that people were organizing for the protests and stuff on parlor when in reality they were doing it on facebook then it makes me think that there is massive government infrastructure in facebook and they're happy to keep it open absolutely for business because it's like a honeypot absolutely the the tech companies whether we realized it or not the the big social media companies that we decided you know as a society we are just going to give all of our information to they are the the monitoring apparatus for the federal government because the federal government just needs a subpoena like we, 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 they don't have to like, it doesn't have to be this big brother nefarious where they're putting speakers and stuff or putting microphones in your car and stuff. Cause they're already there. In fact, we, we bought all the speakers and, and stuff to put into our own, you know, our own homes. So they don't have to do anything except go to a court and say, uh, you know, we need a, we need, you know, we need to subpoena these records. We need to subpoena the communications for this person, for these dates. All they have to do is know where to look. The government will go to the, the court. The court is, there are, I would be willing to bet anything. There is not a court in America that would turn the federal government down if they say we need to get, we need to subpoena this information from Google. I wonder if there was, a, if there was an option for uh, us to scramble all data on all social networks so that no one has access to it, if that would actually be good for the American military industrial complex defense organization. Like if they'd be like, yeah, it's better that no one has it. Because right now, yeah, the FBI might have access to it, but sort of this Chinese the CCP, they can they can hack it and take it too. And I, I wonder if what if it what they would do if they could do that. Because I'm thinking about quantum encryption and and post encryption and stuff I, like that. I want to say that there was already some kind of legislation about encryption that the government doesn't want the population or the private sector to have encryption technology. They want a weapon. They want to consider it a weapon and say that the Fed, that you know. Uh, companies can't have encryption that was one of the i heard i don't have any detail about it i this is just something that i heard in passing and i haven't done any kind of studying up on it but it doesn't surprise me because the government hates the idea of not being able to access information there's like i just did a conversation with kevin kane who does quantum encryption or post quantum encryption i think it's what it's called and they're they're trying to figure out get ahead of the game because once they figure out how to crack encryption with quantum computers then they need to put some kind of new encryption in place and, and it's like is it even ethical to talk about this out loud because even if we're just spitballing ideas like they're listening you know and i mean they like the cc whoever the, the boogeyman is at the day i'm confident the government has people working for them that are way smarter than me that have thought of things that i'm not going to think of yeah a lot of I'm not, I'm not worried about if i like i'm, I'm not worried about giving the government ideas a lot of the the federal government is getting ahead of the curve, but it's kind of that thing like until you know how it can be broken, you don't know what to make to fix it, to to prevent it from being broken. So you got to break it before 
you can improve it. And then that could be like bank records get released, everybody's phone calls, texts, uh, all that signal, all your encryption stuff is like, you know, a quantum computer can can take vector attacks, like rather than trying to be like A, B, C, D, A, B, C, E, A, B, C. You don't even need to have quantum computer because like I said, you just got the courts. The courts just say, give it to them. And then the, what if you the, don't give it to them? No, no. What I'm saying is that is like Google, they'll, the court will go to Google and say, Google, give it to them. But if give it the information right, right, right. If, if, and if, if there's backdoor access through these big companies, I think that I don't think that there needs to be backdoor access. I think they just the, the federal government can just go to the court, say we need this information. And you're saying the corporations will hand it over. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. For, Verizon, all these yeah. big, big companies. I think they've been I think there's been reports that they the, just do. The only company that I that I'm aware of that gave them the government the middle finger was Apple when they wanted to get into that guy's iPhone because he'd committed a terrorist attack and they wanted to open it. And then it. I think the Fed said, you know what? Never mind. We don't need it. We got it anyway. I apparently, I mean, mm. that, that might have been how it was resolved. I don't remember, but I do remember that Apple was like, no, we're not. Yeah. We're not because they wanted to build a back door or something like that. And they're like, look, if we if we show you a back door or build a back door into this, that it it's for all of them then. Yeah. And actually, in terms of what Apple's trying to build, the best marketing for the fact that they have it is that they publicly say no to the FBI. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, nah, we're not giving it to you because we built a thing and that's good for everyone else too. So buy our products. I'm mm-hmm. thinking Otherwise. like if I keep thinking decentralized social media so that the companies don't have access to your messages, they're all encrypted peer to peer. But now I'm like, well, if those truly are weapons of war, social media comp- machines and things like that, social media a- algorithms, we can't decent or could we decentralize Boeing? That wouldn't make a lot of sense. Because then it becomes a security risk. How do you build a one, plane when the parts aren't in the same yeah, building? You'd have to get them to ship them to their location. And if one of those factories goes down and can't get the bolts over to the main factory to put the aircraft together, the entire thing shuts down. So it's almost like a, a risk not to have it centralized. That's, 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 that's how stuff goes as it is. Especially like, and we, we actually, we talked about this the other night at the military. Um, if you're building a complex piece of equipment for the military, they try to spread out the actual parts manufacturing into as many congressional districts as possible. So that way, yeah. if you want to get rid of a, a program, you're getting rid of a bunch of jobs that con- Congress people are like, ah, you're yeah. not taking these jobs from my district. Yeah, I was talking to Congressman Gates about that, and he was telling me that uh, some of the some of the smartest folks, that's how they'll do it with some of these fighter jets and whatnot. Yeah. They'll make sure that you know a piece is made in every single state. Yeah. That way, if you know, you'll have every all the representation fighting to keep that wow. same fighter um, online, and it's smart, you know. But it, it I don't know, man. It's, it's definitely smart. not it's in. An, it's definitely not in the best interest of the American people, right? It's an yeah. addiction. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's it's a programmed addiction by these uh, uh, government actors making these deals, whoever it may be, legislators or otherwise, where they're they're trying to make sure we can never shut down a government program. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest problem we have with government is the inability for it to fail. So when bad things happen, when corrupt things happen, and when failure happens, the machine keeps going, sucking in more and more money, becoming more and more corrupt, and then eventually imploding. That's exactly the, the argument that libertarians make about private sector versus public sector. Anything in the government, there's no way for it to be punished by failing other than people voting people out and to be honest with you the failure has to be on such a catastrophic level to get people to say this guy needs to go it has to be really bad for a lot of people um whereas in the private sector if you're if you're if you're not making money two quarters in a row the higher ups are looking to replace everybody you know if you're if you if you're if you go from being in the black you know, to in the red, they're like, "Yo, why? Look at what's going on with uh, um, at Disney." You know, there, there's there are people talking about they're writing 
letters to their investors saying, yo, we know that things have been messed up. Stick with us. We're going to make changes and stuff. You know, you've covered the, those. those I, want, I want to jump to this story because we've got someone who actually can provide some uh, some good answers here and help us understand. We got this from The New York Times. House censures Jamal Bowman for false fire alarm. Lawmakers voted to formally rebuke Mr. Bowman for setting off a false fire alarm in the House office building. The latest partisan use of a once rare congressional action formally reserved for grave offenses. Uh, Rep. Crane, what is censure? What, what does that mean? Yeah, it's just basically like a slap on the wrist. I mean, it really, it, it's, it's really not, not anything substantive. I mean, Nothing happened he's like gonna, yeah, he's gonna have commercials run up, you know, by his opponents that he was censured, but it really doesn't do much. And it doesn't do anything. Not, not really. No, it's official. <laughs> it's a, it's official. It's the official way for Congress to disapprove of you. Yeah, he yeah. had, to, he had to go down to. Uh, it happened today. I was, you know, there on the House floor and he basically had to go down to the well, which is like right in front of where the speaker's chair is. And, you know, they 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 read his censure and he had to stand there publicly and all the Democrats like crowded around him. Didn't uh, they all vote in support of him or something? Yeah. But yeah, the Democrats voted in support of him. But he did pull. Obviously, he pulled. He, he should pulled be the in fire jail. Alarm, pulled the fire alarm. And uh, I I remember the day it happened, and I thought it was a joke when people were telling me that he pulled the, pulled the fire alarm, and it was kind of <coughs> ironic and funny that you know he was a principal, um, <laughs> he was acting like he did he he thought it was like going to let him out of the door or something. He should be in jail, like, okay. and I I think he should be expelled from Congress. I think censure is too light. Let let me ask you why was why was uh, uh, Santos expelled? For being too awesome, <laughs> but seriously though, like like what what was the actual For offense he committed oh. in Congress that that warranted ex expulsion? Yeah, I I know he had a bunch of indictments. I didn't vote to expel him. I I voted yeah. to keep him. Um, yes. But I know that I know that the New York delegation was really pushing hard for him to go. And this was just my theory. Is just my thought. I think a. It, I, I think that a lot of the New York constituents and donors that got burnt by Santos were putting a lot of pressure on those guys to get rid of George. Now, if you ever met George in person, like the guys, he's hilarious. Um, he's, I'm not going to sit here and defend George's like persona. I will. What he did. What did he do? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, they, they said he used a bunch of campaign funds to, you know, buy, you know, he broke a lot of campaign finance laws. Like, he used campaign funds to like get Botox and get like just a bunch of consumer goods and services that you're not allowed, not allowed to do stuff like that. Um, using people's credit cards um, that that were donors to wow. like buy stuff like that. So I think he had a bunch of indictments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, That's serious. But the, my, my concern with it is though, if that becomes the standard, right, you're indicted and then we can kick you out we can kick you out of Congress because of a report the ethics committee did. In my opinion, that opens up, uh, you know, a, a pretty big door, especially when we're watching, you know, former president Trump, they're trying to do the same thing to him. They're trying to destroy him with lawfare and indictments. And yeah. so I don't like the precedent. It's why many of us tried to save George and we saved him more. We, we saved him, um, in the past, but it just, he's not convicted of anything. No. Could that's, he be that's wild? Oh yeah, he can be. And some of my colleagues, I've talked to some of my colleagues who are lawyers and prosecutors who, who do believe he will be, but I don't know, man. That's not yeah, my area. I don't, I don't know that. I don't know what else that means. I mean, Trump will be convicted. I don't see a scenario in which yeah. Trump is acquitted by, by these liberal juries. I don't either. But I would so. think it, it, you would wait until a conviction before you expel which Congress. Is, yeah, which is why I think many of us were trying to save him 
you know. But we know Jamal Bowman intentionally pulled the fire alarm. We know he lied about it. He's on camera pulling the warning signs off the door or he flicks one onto the floor and then pulls the alarm and runs away. He didn't try to open the door. He's he lied. And I'm, I'm surprised that you can have a, a member of Congress commit a crime on camera caught doing it to subvert the political process. And this is it. Yeah. Okay, slap on the wrist. Yeah, if it was like at four in the morning and he was pranking people, that would be different than if he was doing it during a... Still a crime. Yeah, but now he was doing it during a congressional proceeding to yeah. try and delay the proceeding. Like, that's did, insidious. Did, well, I, I don't know his intent. That's I assume true. it's to delay the proceeding, but did it delay a proceeding? I don't know that it delayed the proceeding, and I I heard that's what his intent was. I don't know exactly what his intent was, but yeah, that's what he did. He said it was because he, he was late and he needed to get out the door or something. Yeah. And so he took the sign off the door that said emergency exit. Well, it's funny because a bunch, a couple of my colleagues, Andy Biggs is in that same building, <laughs> Congressman Biggs. And uh, he went, he went to that exit uh, along with some other guys, saw that there were, they had already cordoned it off. And so they just went around to a different inch, you know, a different exit. Um, so it doesn't make a lot of sense that, that he did what he did, but I don't, honestly, I don't know why that surprises you, Tim. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's Congress, man. <laughs> you know, I how mean, many? How Men many? Menendez has gold bars. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's the thing. It's that, like, yeah, that's crazy. The, the place is ripe with. I was, that, I was, uh, uh stuff. I was hanging out at the uh, local poker room last week, and someone asked. So, some guy said, "I'll make a bet with all." Older guy, just out of the blue, goes, "I'll make a twenty dollar bet with all of you." That he goes right now, the approval rating of Congress is seventeen percent. But all the 80% of Congress will be reelected in 2024. Yeah. And, and uh, well, I explained to him, I was like, well, yeah, it's because we like our rep. We hate all yours. Yeah. So Congress is going to have a low approval rating. Yeah. But it, but it is funny considering. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Nobody likes Congress. Yeah. It's just just approval writing in the gutter. Everybody views it as corrupt. I don't like it either. How many, I, I, I think I was, <laughs> I was talking to uh, Matt Gates, and he said there's like, how, what number did he give? 10 or 12 good good members of Congress or something like that? Yeah, it, it's yeah. something like that, man. It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> small. It's more. It's pretty small. Like, how do you, how do you be considered good in Congress? Because like obstructing kind of is your job, but if, if you obstruct too much, yep. then are you considered a bad guy? Yeah, Thomas Massey kind of gets that from time yeah, to time. Yeah, I'm definitely, I definitely fall under that. Um, I would say that, that that label, if you will. But you're right; it is tough because you you don't want to obstruct to the point where you can't get anything done. But at the same time, when I mean, take pick a topic, whether you're talking about the border, whether you're talking about the national debt, thirty three trillion plus in debt, two trillion dollar annual deficit, and what we do uh, under uh, Republican control in this Congress, we made a deal with Joe Biden, an additional $4 trillion to the national debt. And so it's like, it doesn't really matter what topic you pick. I, I, I think that we're failing. And, you know, so if you're obstructing that, that type of failure, in 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 my opinion, I, you know, 
I think we're in idiocracy. Right? Oh, you've, 100%. You, 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 the, the movie, yeah. Yeah, of course. Feet, I, they're watering the crops with Mountain Dew? Uh, with 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 uh, uh, basically Gatorade, Gatorade. Okay. yeah, he's like with glyphosate. To be he's honest, he's like, is this Gatorade? Something. Yeah, uh, that that was was it. Luke Wilson. It's what yeah. crave. It's what plants crave. It's got what plants crave. Right. And uh, he's basically salting the earth. But I feel like we're actually in that. And the reason That's why it. is I I look at Jamal Bowman and I'm like, what a scumbag. And this is why everything's broken. This is why everybody hates Congress. This is why nothing's getting fixed. This is why. We're having all these problems. Well, I should say it is a component of. I think we have cultural issues. Yeah. But I, I look at so, so many of these members of Congress, and it's it's crazy to me that Jamal Jamal Bowman pulled the fire alarm. Jamie Raskin falsely accused me of advocating for January six in in the uh, in the J six hearings. Yeah. Because I reported on a Fox News story that Donald Trump called for protests on January 6th. So before January 6th happens, I'm reading a news story from Fox News where I'm like, wow, Trump's calling for a protest. That's going to get crazy. Like things would get crazy down there if, if Trump calls for this. Yeah. He runs clips of me out of context, included in a montage of people screaming, kick the door in and things like this. Right. That, oh. that, that guy's 20 minutes from here, Raskin. People who work at this company, are he represents them. Right. I, these people, I just look at them all. They are... It, it, it is the dregs of humanity. Yeah. Scum, lying, cheating, stealing without a care for anybody else. They don't want to make anyone's life better. They want to make their own lives better. They want to watch. You, you, you know what they are? They are the people stealing the fine china from the Titanic, knowing the iceberg hit, but they're going to get to they're going to run to the, the, the emergency rafts before anybody finds out the emergency boats. Yeah, I often use that same analogy. I mean, there's a lot of problems with Congress, but I think it is important that we always remember that, like Andrew Breitbart said a long time ago, he said that politics is always downstream of culture. Yep. So you never even, you don't see things get to the halls of Congress until they've been permeating in culture for a decade, you know, five years at a minimum. Speeding and, up though. Oh, it, it is. It is. But, and that's, that's how I feel a lot of time because, you know, you'll sit there and you'll just watch, you know, good amendment or this good bill go down and you're like, what the hell is going on here? And I think to your point, Tim, it is, there, there is a certain level of that, like, hey, this type, this, this thing is going down. I'm going to get mine on the way off, right? Yep. I, I 100% believe that there are folks up there that that's their mentality. I think it's most of them. I got the vibe that it's there's too many people for the representatives to represent. Like, how many people are in your in your? Uh, so most, yeah, most reps rep about 750,000 people. And it's like, I mean, I represent myself. I can't really even represent Tim <laughs> properly if I tried because I don't. I'm not Tim. Yeah. So like the idea that back in the day, the least worst thing we could do is send some brilliant guy to go represent the 7,000 of us. And hopefully he's going to know what we're, what we all kind of need and want in our community. But now we didn't, it's, it's so un, unrepresentative of the humans because there's such a diverse desire and belief within systems. Like I've had this idea, like what if we just, everyone gets the bet has gets like the power of the house of representatives now we all can work from home we can all can write legislation and pass it onto a system where we can all read it and it put amendments and then after 30 days we can all vote on it to pass it into the senate but we'd still vote for you guys that if the power goes out you go to the place to do it for us until the power comes back on then we all get back to work i think it's a bad idea and i don't think it makes sense what do you think about it eli you know i like honestly i i like that we have a constitutional republic what I don't like is like you, you guys I hear about the fourth branch of government all the time, the administrative state, the bureaucracy, right? If you think about it, there's a bunch of unelected bureaucrats that are in DC full time. They look at a guy like me who comes in there and tries to, 
you know, shake things up a little bit. And they're just like, we can just wait this guy out. You know, he yep. has to, he has to get reelected every two years. And by the time he gets the documents that we're stonewalling him on, right. You know, it's, it's so far, it's so far into the future that people are like, Oh, move on. That's in, that's in the past. And so, you know, I do like the fact that we have a constitutional Republic, um, you know, but there, you know, our system has problems like everybody else. And I think right now the administrative state is one of our biggest problems. I, I think one of the biggest mistakes we made was the 17th amendment. So I think we should repeal that. And that is the uh, senators by popular vote. I yeah. think that senators should have always been chosen by the state legislatures to represent the state to the federal government. Yep. So the, the, the Kathy Hochul, when um, Santos was actually on the day he was, he was uh, removed or whatever, they voted for it. Kathy Hochul said that she was going to replace, uh, right. what's his name? And she obviously doesn't have the power to do it. Nope. And it's be, part of the reason why she assumed that she did is because she doesn't have a fundamental deep understanding of our governmental structure. She is the executive of the state of New York. That's why, and what the error that she made is she was was thinking that she should be sending the per, selecting to represent the the represent the people for Congress. But she would select the senator because the senator is supposed to represent right. the state. She would so there's because she misunderstands how the structure of government works. That's why she made that error. That's why she said, "Oh, I'll select." for the, the House. The people obviously have to select who is going to represent them in the Congress. And they, she, she, she would, she would select. Oh, we just, we just lost Phil. Serge is doing some deep, deep yeah, trench trying work right to, now. Fix some things. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll, just, I'll just pick it up from there. Uh, the, the general idea with the 17th Amendment uh, uh, was that it was, it, there was corruption, that uh, state legislatures were just picking their buddies, and we can't have that, and that's a mistake. Because now nobody cares and knows who their state senators are and who their state reps are. And that's substantially more important for everything. Because if this country was unified culturally to a certain degree where everybody was paying attention to their state reps and legislatures, you could get a, a convention of states. You yeah. could actually have the states just be like, not we're changing things. We don't, it's, we're done with Congress. We're done with the Senate. You're not getting anything done. And then there's other ways to do it too, amending the Constitution through Congress and uh, uh, through the Senate. But we don't have any of that right now, and uh, uh, I think I think you, you need it. So I, I look at this idea that you're talking about, Ian, and that's a huge mistake. And it's for exactly what you were saying. You it, it could take you years to get the documents you need, yeah. and you're fighting re-election every two years. And if you can maintain that, yeah. you can get these documents. You, Ian, sitting in your room waiting for a bill and thinking you want to pass it, bro. We are going to get people. Who are going to who are going to think the polar bears are dying, and so they're going to vote to build a polar bear sanctuary? It's it's like the Simpsons when they built the Bear Patrol. You guys remember Bear Patrol? <laughs> one bear wanders into Springfield one time, and so they're like, okay, everyone's panicking. They all voted for a referendum for the Bear Patrol, and so then Homer looks at his paycheck a week later and he sees a bear tax, <laughs> and they've got like planes flying around. That's the problem with people who. I think that's why we have a constitutional republic with representatives. We we select the person we think is the best for the job to do the job, like any other job, and then we trust they do the job well. And if they don't, we fire them. It could be that the representatives maintain their authority and ability to like request documents, but that we just as citizens gain an ability to also produce legislation that we can vote on together. Because like I feel kind of helpless a lot of times looking at Congress and being like, I have no. Have all you, I can do is convince yeah. people to go, convince yeah. someone to do something. Have you ever? actually like written your congressperson um 
Because that's no, the first I would make videos to, and be like, call them now. Call call them at two o'clock. Everyone coordinate. Make a phone and, and just overload them with phone calls. I'll do that kind of thing with the internet video, but I never actually did it myself. Because um, I think I mean the the you're never gonna. I don't think anyone's ever gonna feel like the direct power of being able to say, or very few people are gonna be able to say, hey, I want this to happen, and then it happens. Right, like that's not like even the president doesn't doesn't have that authority over everything. Like I, certain- I, I don't want a bunch of people voting on how to fix my toilet. No, not at all. My I toilet don't want voting on anything. No, my, my, my toilet breaks, and then we're like, okay, everybody, we're gonna we're, we we got a broken toilet, so let's put it on the internet, and everybody all around gets to vote on how we fix the toilet. No, I want to hire a plumber who's the best at the job. Yeah, but what? Maybe I'm mis- misrepresenting what I what I'm thinking. I just like is if you could make a bill and be like. This bill gets funds for a better process of toilet repair. What do you guys all think? And it's like a Tinder where people are like, I'll swipe right on that one. I'm swiping left. Yeah, I don't yeah like right, it. right. That's 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 like su- yeah. suggesting the community vote on how to fix my toilet. But then, well, we would just vote on on a bill that we could send to the Senate, and then the Senate would be like, that's idiotic. No, and they shoot it down if it's terrible. Well, like they, they do now. So, so, so you're, you're basically just saying you want to eliminate Congress. Or, oh, I'm sorry, eliminate the House. I kind of want a legitimate fourth branch of government. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't think the representatives can handle the load. It's too many people that they're unrepresented. The problem that you're articulating isn't that there are too many. It's not that they can't handle the load. It's that the load that's being put on the, on the government is too great for the structure of government. So our government is not supposed to be in the daily working of your life the federal government at least right so like the fact that we have like the the fact that there was ever a question about who goes into which bathroom that was at a federal level is is exemplary of or exemplifies exactly what our problem is we don't need the federal government to to make every decision for us you don't even need the state governments to do it honestly but that's where kind of that's kind of how society's knee-jerk reaction has become and i think really like no i'm you're right on that point i think that's a big part of the problem it's like people have we you've you've got i think generations of people who have been raised to think that federal government is the solution and it's not it's usually the problem and i don't think our founders wanted i think our founders i know they wanted limited government because they they've seen what it can do right and so you know i think that's that's what some folks in dc right now are trying to do um, you know, it's why we fought so hard to change out our leadership this year, because we, we just continued to head, head down the same path that we were on. And, you know, like the fight we got back into January, I know you guys had Matt on your show and you, you, you've had him in the past. I mean, that, that fight hadn't happened. What happened in January hadn't happened in over a hundred years. It was Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Well, let, I, me, let me, let me, let me pull this story up. I want, I want to, I, I got some questions for you. Wait, that was in We January? got this from, yeah. we have this story from ABC news. Kevin McCarthy resigning from Congress after being ousted to House Speaker. So the, the this story came out yesterday. At the end of the month, he will resign. He says, I've decided to depart the House at the end of this year to serve America in new ways. This is really funny because uh, there was a tweet. It was a video of, uh, or it was a tweet from him saying, I will not quit. And it is now community noted on Twitter saying, he just quit. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. So uh, here's the funny thing. This came out last night. Nobody cared. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cared that uh, former speaker just announced his resignation. But uh, I think what Matt Gates did was fantastic. I'm curious uh, your thoughts, uh, Rep. Crane, on, on what went down and uh, whether you think this is all good well, or bad. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Matt deserves a lot of credit. Matt would, you know, took, uh, I think, took the brunt of that for sure. But there were eight of us, right? There were eight Republicans that moved against our own speaker, um, and so 
for sure i think that it was a good idea because i was one of them right um and and the reason the reason guys like i like i said is because i didn't get in that i didn't get into this i don't leave my family three weeks out of the month with my two young daughters because i like washington dc or i like putting on a suit or i ever wanted to be called a congressman right I, i'm terrified with what my kids are going to be left with and i look at the trajectory we're on and it's not sustainable this house of cards is going to collapse and people most people up there don't take it seriously. It's 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 weird, man. It's dystopian. There's 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 two trains of thought on that. I think everybody agrees the House of Cards is going to collapse. Yeah. And then you've got some Republicans who are like, guys, let's try and fix this. Yep. And then you've got, I'd say, most Republicans and Democrats being like, how much can we loot from the coffers before the before the cards come crashing down? Yeah. We and we call it the Uniparty up there. Right. Right. Anytime anytime something serious needs to get moved, the Uniparty moves in lockstep. And it is Republicans and Democrats. People get pissed at me. All, Republicans get pissed at me all the time. You know, I'll get calls from donors or why is Eli, Eli why are you, why are you attacking Republicans? You know, you need to be attack. You need to be fighting against Democrats. That's just one layer to the fight. It is an important layer to the fight, but it goes, it goes a lot deeper than that. And if we don't, if we don't acknowledge the own, you know, the own stink, the own, you know, our own problems within our own party, this thing's never going to get it's never going to get fixed. And, you know, it's like, I, I'm just glad that there are, uh, there are people up there who I've seen, even in this last Congress, the 118th Congress, who repeatedly are willing to throw caution to the wind, put their political career, career on the chopping block and be like, Hey, let's go, let's do something that's never been done and let's buck the system. And so, you know, I don't know where that leads Tim. I, I'm not, I'm not a super optimistic guy. My faith isn't in the federal government for good reason. But, uh, you know, I, I do think it's important. I mean, Matt, Matt was talking about this billion dollar IOU machine that Kevin McCarthy builds up where he goes, all these, uh, all these donors basically get, get our, Hey, we're going to give money to your pack. We're going to help you get reelected. You're going to control, uh, basically the Republican party in, in, in the house. And then when he gets ousted, all those IOUs become toilet paper. So, yeah. you know, this, this machine of favors in DC gets shattered. I got to imagine Kevin McCarthy was sweating bolts the whole time. Because he's not going to be able to pay back any of these favors. He's an indentured servant for the rest of his life. Yeah, I honestly don't know. And like, you know, here's the thing. Like, if you if you met Kevin and you hung out with him and you didn't know he was the Speaker of the House, you'd probably be like, this guy's pretty cool. Like, I'd have a beer with him, you know. And uh, but that being said, when you look at when you look at what was going on, and when you look at how he was leading the the party. There, there was no desire to change course at all. I've heard from too many people that he backstabbed their campaigns. That there yep. were, there were uh, populists, America First. There were Trump supporting for sure. And reps. and 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 any anybody in that not I shouldn't say anybody, but most people in that spot would use their power and influence to back candidates that are going to fall in line and do what you're told. And you know, it's like that's one of the biggest knock. I'm a military guy. That's one of the biggest knocks on military guys. Um, I remember when I started going up to DC, Tim, some of the older Republicans looked at me and they're like, you know, Eli, you military guys get up here and you, you don't really fight too hard. Mm. You know, you kind of just fall in line and do what you're told. And I, I said, I know. Um, but that's when you look at your chain of command as the people back home, the 750,000 people that sent you there, it, it's, it's, you know, it's it's different than seeing the Republican Party or the Democrat Party as your new chain of command, right? And that's the problem with too many politicians. They see, they see their party as their chain of command, and they just fall in lockstep and they do what they're told. How's uh, life with 
Mike Johnson, the new speaker. How's it been? I mean, it, honestly, we're not, it's, it's not, it's really not uh, that much different in that we're still pretty much on the same trajectory, maybe a couple degrees off. Um, and I think that most of us that were involved in ousting Kevin with the motion to vacate um, believe that that's how it was going to be just because whoever speaker is really a representative of the party and the party is not conservative. It's just not, you know, um, that being said, you know, he has done a couple, he has done a couple good things. And so like when he released some of the January six tapes, I think that was a good, that was a good thing. I, I think, you know, he's serious about moving forward with, you know, this Biden, you know, impeachment. That's a good thing. But he's shown with, you know, the CR, the continuing resolution that funds the government at the same levels. And even right now with the NDAA and FISA that, you know, we're probably going to continue to go on the, on the same path with some of those things. Is it because if he just was like, I'm going to make a bill of getting rid of the CR that everyone in the party be like, then no one's going to vote for it, dude. So, like, yeah. he has so to what they do, you know, what they do is they scare, they scare anybody that gets into leadership, right? Like. And the intelligence community right now is telling Mike Johnson, "Hey, if you let if you let FISA lapse or you you reform it, and and FISA goes down for even a little while, and you have right now who who's out there saying that we have more terrorist threats than we ever have before? Christopher Ray, right? So so Mike's making these decisions. The intelligence community is scaring the snot out of him, saying, "Hey, man, if you let FISA lapse." Um, and there's a terrorist attack, the, the blood's on your hands. And that's what they do constantly up there. It's, it's constantly like, if you try and change things, whether it's with spending or a government shutdown or, you know, making adjustments or reforming FISA, they have a way to scare you back into, into line. But they're going to, they're not only, they're going to blame you, but they're going to go ahead and they're going to accuse you of trying to make it so that these things can happen. No, I, I think it's worse than that. You're probably right. I think it's worse than that. When, uh, when, when uh, was it Chuck Schumer said that the intelligence agencies yep. have six waves from Sunday from coming after you, Donald Trump? Yep. And then they accused Trump of being a Soviet spy. Like, no, I'm not, no, Soviet, literally, from the 80s. Yeah. The guy, the guy uh, Jonathan Chait goes on MSNBC yep. and says Trump may have been a, an, an asset of the Russians since the 80s. They, they, they do multiple impeachments. They do criminal charges. Everything you, you see them throwing at Trump. They, I don't think they go to Mike Johnson and they say, look, we got security issues. Don't let us down. I think they, they sit down at the desk and they say, How, how's it going? How, how's the family? I, I got something for you. And they pull out a picture of JFK and they slide it across the table and say, how you doing? Yeah. Can you imagine that? Like literally all they have to do is slide a picture of JFK. If someone from CIA shows up at your house and they slide a picture of JFK across the table at you and say, how you doing? Like everyone's sweating. Everyone starts sweating. Yeah. They slide a picture of JFK. That's it. They don't got to say anything. Yeah. The It's the implication. Yeah. Right. This. And I'm not saying the implication is true. I'm just saying, you know, it says a lot. So the intelligence, when you say the intelligence, what, how'd you phrase it? The intelligence network? Or the community. In community. Is that who's running our government? Well, I I don't think it's that simplistic. I think it's a mixed it's a mixed bag, right? There's a lot, there's a lot of different influences on the government, right? You also have your lobbyists, your special interest groups, right? You have you have outside global influences that are obviously affecting our government as well. Um, I mean, there's, it's not as simplistic as one, you know, entity, um, you know, of basically running our government. What, what I, is a special interest? I hear the stupid word. Lockheed yeah. Martin. 
So it's just a business, it's a corporation. Oh, that, absolutely. What about the pharmaceutical industry? Greenpeace. And they so special interest is like a, a way to spin it's, it to make it's when it they're no, 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 it's no, no. motivated it's especially interesting no 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 a special interest is an umbrella term for a variety of organizations that want a specific goal to to be met so greenpeace is oh, a special they're, interest they're, they're not, well, you say they're not colluding, colluding but they want the same goal no 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 lockheed martin is a special interest group they lobby on behalf of themselves greenpeace is a special special interest group they lobby on behalf of themselves no one's going to sit there and be like the problem we have is let me pull out eighteen thousand pages of every single organization ever that's lobbying the government so they they're say just special interest groups powerful organizations yeah. from the private and public sector and nonprofits that are lobbying government to make things happen some are more powerful than others and then if they say it's a lobbyist that could be just a guy but if it's a special interest group it's, it's, it's a lobbyist the lobbyist would be the individual that's actually trying to get the politician to do whatever it is that the yeah. the that the special interest group wants yep. the group is the special interest and the lobbyist be, yeah, is the individual yeah and to be fair i mean there there are there are good lobbyists right that are lobbying for good things but Oftentimes, you know, it's uh, amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development online, in person, individually or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. You know, adventures into corruption and, you know, seeking things that are so front site focused on just taking care of one industry. <laughs> front site focused. <laughs> Ian, Ian, you've my, lobbied My firearms guy got it over here. <laughs> you, uh, you, you, and you, I, will, I will, and I will do it again. So when, when, you, when you talk to someone who's in Congress and you're like, you got to get graphene. I was about you to know? say that. We were talking about the House of Cards. We need a yeah, graphene see? lattice to reinforce so the network. So here's Ian lobbying Congress. It's yeah. carbon. <laughs> it's carbon powder, basically. Uh, you make it from he's, any kind of carbon. And they figured out how to get it with He's already on the graph. Yep. You get like plastic trash and hit it with 7,000 degree wait, wait, electricity you, you and turn too, it into- too far ahead. Okay. We'll it's, like, it. it's like 21st century steel. It's going to be the next big building material. It's, you, it's, it's a one dimensional sheet of carbon hexagonally latticed, which has amazing properties when manipulated. So- well, can I, it's a superconductor. Yes, and uh, uh, yeah. capacitor. You can use it as like a touchscreen battery wallpaper. Um, the, they put it in in car. Well, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the real simple. So Ian's obsessed with this stuff. Right. But the, the reason Clearly. I brought it up was to make the point that lobbying, a lot of people have this view of lobbying as this like prestigious thing. And it's like, dude, it literally means you argued to a member of Congress. Yeah. It's they like, used to you, stand in the lobby, literally. That's why they were right, right. that after. Yeah. And then when they so, came out of the proceeding, they'd be like, hey. For the sake of Ian's graphene, uh, one thing they they started doing is they put it in batteries. Okay. And so what that does is when you're charging a battery, the graphene carries the charge evenly across the battery. So it charges rapidly. So uh, uh, I think the newer cell phones that come out could could charge to full in like 10 minutes. Wow. So you can, you can buy these graphene polymer batteries you ever, you ever get one of those mobile batteries you buy at the Walgreens, whatever, plug your phone in? Yeah. They, now, they now have graphene uh, lithium batteries that you can charge that battery pack in 15 minutes okay. and it'll give your phone two hours of charge. Wow. You can because, put it in yeah. concrete and it'll make it three times stronger. You can put it in like, this is just bulk graphene where and, you just shatter it into powder. You can also make sheets of it like Tim was talking about that can be used as electronics, and which this, is more complicated to produce at the moment. And this is literally lobbying. But what Ian, I really want to Ian sell you not, on is hydrogen fuel. Right, here we go. Because if we if we want to reinforce that house of cards, we need a new GDP model. And it's I think it's based on hydrogen. Fortunately, you can turn the oil into graphene so we don't have to upend the oil industry. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think uh, fusion energy is is promising. We've All of it. Reached nuclear. ignition. Now we've got to capture that energy. So And nuclear. But yeah. out of rice, they're making hydrogen fuel like 
crazy right now with carbon trash. They'll hit it with a laser. They produce a kilogram of hydrogen fuel, and then they have $4.50 left over of this stuff. So it's actually profitable to create the hydrogen. Well, let's 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 jump to this story so we can get, uh, get into what happened last night at the GOP debates. Vivek Ramaswamy, I love this one, defends debunked conspiracy theories he shared at Republican debate. He elevated false or groundless claims about January 6th, U.S. demographic changes. Here's the crazy thing. This is what really, really bothers me. These guys who work for ABC News, I assume they're either uh, really, really stupid or intentionally lying. January 6th, definitively, without question, provably, and adjudicated as such, is an inside job. Next question. And, 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 and I'll clarify now because I know I tried to hammer that one really, really hard. Several individuals had already have uh, have been acquitted because the judge outright said police welcomed them in. There's video of police opening the doors and letting people in. The response we've gotten is, oh, well, you got to understand why they did it. OK, explain to me why the Q shaman was given a guided tour. They walk to a door, try to open it. It doesn't open. Then they bring him. They bring the guy to the Senate chambers. The argument is they were overwhelmed. They had no choice. They just gave in. Like the cop who took a selfie. There's more than one cop who took selfies with people. Opened these doors. There are doors that have are, are mag sealed. You know this better than I do. Yeah. That they're mag locked. You can't just open them. Right. Someone has to deac deactivate the electric current to open the door. Somebody did this. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was actually one of the first. I mean, probably not one of the first, but of Democrats. She actually said, and this is like a year and a half ago, there were police officers who are fanning people in, moving barricades, opening doors, and she wants answers. I'm like, I, I completely agree. These, those, those, are, those are facts. So I'll say it this way. The media is claiming Ramaswamy's statements was, were debunked. Vivek said it now looks like it may have been inside, an, an inside job. Here's the game they're playing. They're conflating inside job with Joe Biden was involved or Nancy Pelosi was involved. Here's, here's how, here's how I'll, I'll put it for you. A thousand people work at a bank. One day the bank gets robbed. Two guys who worked there opened the doors for the robbers who then made off. That's called an inside job. D the degree to which the guys were involved, who knows? They may have gotten a phone call and they said, hey, look, we're going to slip you a $100 bill. Just open the door for us. And they're like, sure, I guess. I don't even know what's going on. Still an inside job. Inside job refers to someone on the inside facilitated what happened. So while you have people fighting with cops on one side, you have cops opening other doors and letting people in. He also and uh, well, he also talked about great replacement. And this is what really got people all riled up is that he basically said it was policy for Democrats. So uh, instead of getting ahead of myself, I want we'll, we'll, we'll to stick it to the uh, to, we'll stick to the January 6th first and then we'll get into the other other portion. Vivek said, why am I the only person on the stage, at least who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job? They say that baseless idea has become popular among fringes on the far right and social on social media at times, even winning support from lawmakers, including Senator Mike Lee, who last month claimed without evidence that there were undercover federal agents disguised in the crowd during the rioting at the U.S. Capitol as Congress had gathered to certify Trump's election defeat. Well, I'm curious your thoughts uh, on all this. I don't know if there are federal agents. I've, I've heard that claimed. I don't know if you know anything about it. Yeah, I, I do believe there were federal agents as well. Um, and I believe we had Christopher Ray and a Homeland Security uh, committee here, in a, I think two two weeks ago. And when asked that question, he basically gave the tagline, "You know, I'm not going to comment on any, you know, um, any operation, any investigate, ongoing investigation type type deal." 
I I actually asked one of the questions I asked him uh, was, hey, why hasn't the pipe bomber been caught? Right. I found that fascinating that and uh, the way kind of the way I posed the question to him was, so do you, how many how many people did you guys arrest at January 6th? And it was, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of people. Right. The one the one guy that could have, you know, basically created multiple mass casualty events with his pipe bombs, meaning killed or injured you know you know dozens and dozens of people um you know just the the fbi can't find that guy and i just it just it's wild to me because dc is one of dc is one of the most heavily fortified defended um and recorded cities you know um in, in the entire country and so you're telling me that you know and and maybe this maybe this is you know too conspiratorial for somebody. It just strikes me as odd that the this guy he couldn't. Um, he was so proficient that he's able to inv- avoid the most proficient law enforcement organization in the world. Yet he couldn't get his pipe bombs to go off, right? And or people are arguing, oh well, they got him before you know they got the pipe bombs before they were you know set to go off. I just I'm sorry, man. I don't buy that this guy has been avoiding you know, the FBI. I also, when I look at guys like Ray Epps, the fact that Ray Epps was in the crowd, he was seen multiple times. He's caught on camera multiple times telling people we got to go into the building. We got to, we got to go into the Capitol and years into this, he's not arrested, even though, you know, guys on like revolver news, you know, the guys at revolver continually reporting on this stuff it just stinks to high heaven. And then you got that right on the back end of the, you know, Michigan deal with Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer. I, I, I think the FBI has, you know, needs to be reeled in. And it's why many of us tried to deny them the ability to uh, get their new FBI headquarters uh, probably about a month and a half ago. And once again, the Uniparty moved in lockstep to give them their new, I think it was like $300 million building. In DC? No, it's not going to be in DC. I can't remember where. It, where it is. It, it is a. <clears throat> it's amazing to me that they are able to um, track down a garage pull rope. Remember that one? Yeah. The uh, who, who who was that guy? That Bob Bubba Wallace or Bubba? Yeah. Yeah, it was a garage pull rope. I can't, I can't remember his name. How, I mean, it was a, a dozen agents. So yeah. last year we were uh, swatted. We had uh, we we had. Um, I don't like using the phrase swatted because people don't understand what that means. Let's just say. Uh, swatting like events 15 times and i'll clarify a couple of them were fake bomb uh bombings and so uh this ranges from i think it was a three it was like actually it was like four or five two of them were physical devices i shouldn't say devices were physical objects that were sent here and i i've only somewhat disclosed this before and so the they sent a robot out they got this uh they have this device it's like i don't know if it's an x-ray or whatever but they uh, try and blast the box to see what's inside of it. And whoever whoever did this knew the capabilities of law enforcement and obstructed the view of the device that seeks to look inside the box externally. Right. They put a panel behind it, like a reflective panel, and they blast it with like x-rays or something. Yep. And they said, we can't get in. So we're bringing the robots in. We also had to, we were forced to evacuate the building for three hours and the stream went live to like 50,000 people for three hours with de- nothing in the room. They never, they never caught these guys. We've been, we've had uh, police sent here on numerous fake calls. Some were actual humans, a human voice. Some were uh, uh, robotic, and they never catch these guys. But pull rope, and even even after we submitted a bunch of evidence, 
and told them like, guys, like this information may like we've we've got evidence. They just said we don't care at yeah. all. Well, if you were at a if you were a concerned parent at a school board meeting, Tim, I bet your you know issue it. would be I bet they your issue'd be resolved, man. You mean if you were a liberal parent concerned about conservatives <laughs> complaining? Yeah. Your 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 issue would be resolved. Yep. This pipe bomb <laughs> thing at the Capitol is yeah. is always kind of fascinating to me. In in that it hasn't been talked about that much. Like I heard about it. it. Was there actual? Did they produce the pipe bombs? Was there evidence that did they show them and be like, these are what we found, and then like show evidence that it was they were legitimately found? Was there any evidence of them like recording finding them or any of that? Yeah. There there's there's video footage of them. You know, I think retrieving the pipe bombs, but. Because it, it adds, it heightens the the danger of the day, knowing that there were bombs of placed. So of that, course. it wouldn't, I mean, it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me if people came out later like, yeah, you know, we did that to intensify the the fear so that we could shut it down quicker. Like, I think a lot of this is like, let's just get it put, I mean, it, if you told me they had no FBI agents in, in the crowd that day, I'd be kind of disappointed with the FBI. Like, <laughs> you're going to do a riot on right? the Capitol and you don't have FBI agents out there like looking at stuff. You get right. your F get your agents on the field. I mean, like, let's, let's 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 address them. Like let's just say they were caught off guard and there's a bunch of there's there's 250,000 Trump supporters marching around. The feds had no one. No, no, that that's a, that's, a, that's an absurdity. I'm sorry. They knew well in advance. Yo, I'm some dude who just complains on the internet and I read a Fox News story that Trump was calling for protests. I was like, "Wow, that's going to be crazy." Yeah. Media Matters ran a hit piece on me claiming that I had foreknowledge because I said something in November where I was like, yo, these proud boys and three percenters or whatever are going to like store are going to rush to D.C. and like storm the White House or something like right. they, they're not going to accept a Trump defeat. Literally didn't happen. Didn't happen in November. It was January way later. I had no idea. It was speculation based on news reports. If I can speculate that you mean the FBI didn't actually have any plan for security or undercover uh, agents to be there. That's the one yes. I'm, I'm thinking about Ray Epps because when that when that was the one thing when I first was like like a lightning bolt like what the when he was screaming for people to go to the build go in the building yeah and then he didn't get arrested I was like what in the hell like at least arrest him and do like a dog and pony show to make it look like he was one of the bad guys can can I just point this out isn't it crazy that we, this is a story from the New York Post isn't it crazy that it was March of 2023 two years more than two years later we got the footage showing capital capital cops escorting the QAnon shaman to the Senate floor. How was that not disclosed immediately, especially considering they're, they're, they're locking, they, they locked this guy up or they were, at the time they were about to, about to lock him up. You see this video where they're actually walking him to the doors and opening the doors for him. Yeah. He's I'm sorry, that's an inside job. Yeah, and it's like maybe they didn't want a prolonged siege of the building. They didn't want all the windows to get broken out. So they're like, just get it over with. Get in here. But that they're arresting no, him for no. trespassing. Dude, he's like, dude, there's come a video on. where a cop walks in. He's like, can you guys please leave? And I think it's the shaman. He's like, we'll take care of it. We'll be nice. Yo, they let him in in the first place. If he was, if he was being that nice, they didn't even need to open the door for him. They could have been like, buddy, no, nah, you got to go. And he would have been like, okay. The dude's bumbling around, yeah. and they're guiding him to these places. I just That's did a crazy. show with with Michael Malice and Jacob Chansley, the guy we're talking about. So he's out of jail. I don't know what his what happened. Did he serve the full sentence? I was trying yeah. to look up. I asked him if it was what solitary was like. It was, well, like, let's, it was let's, horror let's, on let's, earth. Let's do this. Let's talk about the other component of uh, what Vivek Ramaswamy said that's triggering all of these people in media. And that is, uh, what do they say? False U.S. demographic changes. So they go on to bring up the great replacement theory. And I love how they do this. ABC News says Ramaswamy also boosted the great replacement theory 
the white nationalist belief that immigration policies are designed specifically to dilute the political power of white Americans by making them a smaller share of the population. The idea has been elevated by media figures like Tucker Carlson and inspired mass violence in 2015 Charleston, South Carolina church massacre and in the 2019 shooting at Walmart. Ramaswamy alleged during the debate that the theory is not some grand right wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party platform. How about I just play this video of Van Jones for you and we'll start breaking this down. Asking the white majority to do something is difficult. And I think it'd be easier if we just acknowledge that it's difficult. No ethnic majority group in 10,000 years of human history that I can find ever went from being a majority to being a minority and liked it. And that's basically the request from the racial justice left is that we want the white majority to go from being a majority to being a minority and like it. That's a tough request. And the reality is that change is hard. Change that you want is hard. Change that is good is hard. So the racial justice left, according to him, is asking the white majority to go from being a majority to a minority. There's only two ways that happens. One, mass migration and white people not having kids. If they're asking white people to do this, they are outright saying, we want a policy of mass migration and we don't want you to have kids. There's a third way. It's genocide. Well, I, yeah, right, I right, right. I suppose, you know, in my context, I'm talking about legal what's currently going on right now in this country. It's clearly there are not two methods. peaceful ways to do it. But we have this this great article from Newsweek. Democrats are massive hypocrites on so-called great replacement theory. And this is by Pedro Gonzalez from 2022 in Newsweek, where he breaks down statements from Joe Biden and many other Democrats where they're outright basically saying this. They're outright saying it. Uh, he says the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York was an atrocity. The killer will pay for his life. The suspect left behind a 180-page document outlining a schizophrenic worldview. We get that. Biden and the company latched onto it. But here's the problem. Democrats and progressive activists, based on their own rhetoric over the years, subscribe to replacement theory more than anyone else. As Vice President Biden himself said, that a constant and unrelenting stream of immigration would reduce Americans of white European stock to an absolute minority. And that was a source of our strength. I'm not going to go through the whole article because Pedro actually brings up a ton of other excellent examples. But I think right there, when you have Joe Biden, who is now the president, saying a source of our strength is an unrelenting stream of immigration reducing white Americans to a minority. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, like, uh, Vivek's not wrong. Well, he took three quotes out of context and stuffed them all together into one sentence. So I, I would like to see I'm not saying Joe Biden's not a racist, but I would like to see the full context of those those statements. And also, now, when we talk about great replacement, I think it should be repurposed to be like, you know, we're not it's not designed to specifically dilute the power of the white Americans. It's designed to dilute the power of citizens of the American citizens. That's what's happening. That's the problem. Yeah, I think it is bigger. I think it is bigger in many ways. But I also think this I mean, this has all the hallmarks of cultural Marxism, right? There you go. Cultural Marxism is designed to topple the cultural hegemony or whoever is perceived to be at the top you know it's interesting i started studying this a couple years ago there's a you know a pastor named dr vody bacham he's a big black dude that looks like he could play he was a he was a football player on the rise and then he became a pastor and he does this phenomenal series and sermon on cultural marxism and how he went on cnn one time they invited him on after obama took the white house and he said that the anchor was basically asking dr bacham hey uh 
do you think that race relations in the U.S. are going to get better now that we have a black president? And um, Vody Bauckham said, no, I th they're going to get worse. And it surprised the anchor. And Vody Bauckham went on to say, it's going to get worse because um, Obama said under a cultural Marxist pastor named Jeremiah Wright for a very long time. And if he goes back and he, he, he you know, kind of gives a history lesson about cultural Marxism and, and how they tried you know, Marxism to destroy the West, traditional Marxism, where you, you pit people against each other economically, right? You have the haves and the have nots. Well, that didn't work here in the West because everybody was too prosperous. So what they do, they just reverse, they, they just made a slight change to the ingredients. Instead of dividing us all up on, you know, economic classes, we're just going to divide them all up by race. And it's working tremendously. I mean, it, if you go and you look at how divided we are on race, you know, and it's just, to me, it's just disgusting. Like, but, you know, when I, when I listen to Van Jones right there, you know, and what he's saying about, um, you know, I want white, you know, what, what I want for white people and to go from being, you know, on top of things or what do you, what do you say, Tim? From being the majority, majority to, the minority. to being the minority and to like it. That has to me all the hallmarks of cultural Marxism. The statement itself is not just an explanation of what they're doing, but an attempt at incitement to yeah. to trigger reactions, which they can then use to, uh, yeah. to take to gain more power and take advantage of right. this. You, you have Van Jones outright saying the racial. I don't know if he's saying I, but he does say the racial justice left is asking white people to become a minority, which Ian does bring up there is a third way. But in American politics, there's mass migration and and birth control advocacy against having kids and things like this. That's actively happening. And so. Van Jones saying that then gets people on the right, people like Vivek Ramaswamy to be like, hey, this is the something Democrats have espoused. And then the media immediately comes out and says they're conspiracy theorists and they're racist. They're white nationalists and they're Nazis. Yeah. To Ian's point, though, I think it's even bigger than, you know, the the replacement stuff. And I do think that's a part of it. But, you know, he said they're trying. It's almost like they're trying to destroy it. Right. I think they try and destroy this country every way they possibly can because i don't think they like the country i don't think that i think that they want it changed yes i think yep. that they they want a top-down totalitarian control they want it to you know be some utopia that has you know a little bit of socialism a little bit of communism in it and as long as we as long as americans feel per free prosperous we we're, we have a constitution we have the ability to defend ourselves. We have freedom of speech. All of that stands in their way. And so I think that it's death by a thousand cuts. And I think that that's why it just feels like we're living in bizarro land. Patrick Bet David talks a lot about uh, choosing your enemies wisely, which yeah. I think is fascinating because I'm like, I don't have any enemies. I don't want to have any enemies, but I'm like, who's my enemy? I'm thinking about today, CCP, I'm not sure. I don't want my enemies to be you or like, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who represents the Democratic Party in a way that, you know, I find admirable in some ways, at least it's youthful, but like, I don't want my enemies to be in our country, but I, and then I'm like, am I just being xenophobic? But do you think the CCP is, is involved in, in, in this Marxist obliteration of American culturalism? Wasn't? Do you who? think that the CCP, the Communist Chinese Party, the, uh, that's as far as I'll go. Do you think that they're like the masterminds of this? No, no, the, it's, it doesn't take a person. So like the, it's an ideology. So like, you know, how like if you go to a Catholic mass, right? Like if you go to a Catholic mass in the U S and then one in, you know, in, in somewhere in South America, they're going to be similar because Catholicism has stuff that you are supposed to do to be Catholic. 
the leftist ideology that he outlines, and I, he's 100% right in my opinion, um, the leftist ideology that he outlines, like, there are there is a whole you know structure that that people follow so it doesn't matter that that you don't need a person that's top downing it right there they they believe in an ideology it's, and so if you believe in the ideology you follow the tenets of the of the ideology and you don't need someone to one particular person to dictate to you because you do the things that marxists do you look at the world through a marxist lens that just intensifies the value of the culture war like if it's if it's an in like an innate emergent phenomenon that's spreading like wildfire on the internet there needs to be a better wildfire it's not so much emergent it is it is people that believe it that are telling other people right now the the conduit has been basically the the um the academy basically schools have been yeah academia kind of, yeah. like have you guys you guys have i'm sure watched the yuri besmanov videos right? oh yeah, yeah 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 where he talks about um you know ideological subversion right and he's like i mean if you watch these videos i mean what tim when do you think those were made like the 90s no it was the 80s yeah Yeah, the 80s this guy was in the u.s at this time um kgb defector you know saying that you know you silly americans you think that you know the kgb we spent most of our resources on espion james bond espionage because it's sexy and it's in the movies he's like no only about maybe 15 percent of our budget went to that stuff right that most of it went to ideological subversion you know putting people in your institutions your culture academia and teaching this crap these ideologies and 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 i think that's what that's what you're seeing right now but i i think the uh i've had this debate eight hundred thousand times actually but i think the the actual issue was big tech and social media and it's not uh so much the universities. I think the, I think the universities are a component obviously because you see all these videos where someone sends their kids to college and their yeah. kid comes back angry shaved head you know weird tattoos and things like that face tattoos or whatever right but uh what we're seeing with the rise of uh cultural marxism and things like this started around the world all around the same time which is more indicative of social media creating the phenomenon than anything else and there's actually uh, a simple explanation so uh the early social media algorithms favor anything that makes people angry and so you had uh, libertarians, and I think even like uh, uh, Paul Joseph Watson and like Alex Jones were posting police brutality videos because it got people riled up. They'd watch the video and then complain about it. Right. And so if you're a right libertarian, you're complaining about the same stuff that eventually Black Lives Matter started complaining about. But what happens? Police brutality on its own only gets 100,000 views. Racist police brutality gets a million views. So the algorithm started favoring content that pushed things like racism is bad, homophobia is bad, anything that would seem like an injustice. And then you had um, the example I always cite is Mike.com, which started off as like a Ron Paul libertarian website turned into a leftist social justice website because of social media algorithms. You write an article that's in favor of right libertarian anti-government. It does OK. You write a social justice piece. It's got racist, sexist, anti-gay in the title. Bang, it's getting a million views. So the company starts putting all their resources into hiring writers to write all that stuff. And then instantly around the world, you see this in the Lexus Nexus data, every country experiences except for like iran and north korea they have weird fluctuations but almost every single country with access to the basic internet we do sees the same rise in racism privilege intersectionality feminism etc all rapidly happening at the exact same time yeah 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. I, uh, when I was started making internet videos in 06, I, I would make a video called like, we are all the same. And like, if you believe you are, then you are like that kind of mindset. It was, it was that Mark is that weird postmodernist thing. And they would, they do really well. The videos would do really well with like, and the people who are watching them, I don't know all of them, but I think a lot of them were suffering in their lives. So it sounded good to like, yes, we are all the same, but we're not, we're all similar. But we're not all the same. But that that's that just resonates so powerfully when you say something like that with confidence, especially if you're someone that people like that they aspire to be like. And so that I see why communism constantly cycles back around. It's like we are all we can all do this together until we get there. And then what, somebody's got to be in charge. Yeah. Like <laughs> right back to the center. So I, I saw those videos online. Like, should I take them down or should I leave them up? I, I won't take them down, but I think leave them up so people can watch my train of thought change over the decades. Yeah. And I think, I, I don't know where I learned it. If I learned it in high school, oh, uh, like obsessive uh, empathy, too much compassion, what it was. I don't know where it came from, man, but it was just, it was through me growing up. We've got, uh, we got breaking news. This actually uh, broke about an hour ago, but we'll get into it right now. From ABC, special prosecutor files nine tax-related felony charges against Hunter Biden. Special counsel David, David Weiss has filed additional charges. Uh, let me refresh to get the latest information. The indictment, uh, the, in the indictment, prosecutors allege Hunter Biden engaged in a four-year scheme to not pay at least $1.4 million in self-assessed federal taxes he owed for the years 2016 through 19. From in or, uh, from in or about January 2017 to October 15th, 2020, and to evade the assessment of taxes for tax year 2018 when he filed false returns in or about February 2020. Is this how they bring down Joe Biden? I like Joe Biden. That's how they got uh, taxes. How they got uh, Al Capone. Right, but I'm one. I, I, I'm not saying this right here is how they get Joe Biden. I'm saying this is a, a, in relation to. Yeah. One by one, you get these you know, death by thousand cuts of Hunter Biden, yeah. and then eventually someone goes, "Hey, wait a minute! One of these threads goes to Joe, and then Joe embattled says, look, 'Look, I'm going to step down. You know, these allegations are false.' But that's I, you saw the MSNBC clip." Where they they're inter they're interviewing Joe Biden, they're asking him questions they're like, "So what do you have to say about this? These conversations you've had with Hunter's associates when you were lying?" And he's like, uh, "It's it's not true. You're lying. You're all lies. You're, all, all, lies. Lies. You're all lying. You're, You're all liars. Dog face pony soldiers. All you." To answer your question, Tim, yes, I think this is the track they're going after the Bidens now, and then maybe they'll use the same kind of tax crap to go after Trump. I don't know if they are they hitting them on tax charges. I don't, let me sure let me let's, let's let's pull up this clip because it, it's kind of crazy to see. Here's a clip of uh, Joe Biden being questioned on MSNBC. Biden on Ukraine and also China. Uh, there is polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically wow. in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans, uh, to Americans amid this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not. And it's just a bunch of lies. Didn't interact with. Uh, there are lies. It's a comment, isn't it? I did not. There's well, lies. There are lies. 
by not even. I did not. I keep hearing Tommy Wiseau. 70%. 70%. 40% of Democrats think he acted illegally. That's MSNBC saying this. That's crazy, man. He, I, don't, I don't see how Biden ends up the nominee. I, You know, I don't either. But at the same time, because I know that, you know, they're all about that. What What's their goal? Their goal is power, right? So I, I've always thought that he's the perfect front man. For, for what they're doing, because as they destroy the country systematically, they got the perfect fall guy out there. Yep. The guy can't put together a sentence. He falls constantly. Um, they've got a ton of, clearly a ton of dirt on him. So he's got to do what they say. And he wanted to, be, he's wanted to be president forever. So it's like, why? And when he, when he, when, when the, as the country collapses on his watch, they can, they can blame him. You know, so yep. I think he's the perfect fall guy, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the old bait and switch and see a guy like Newsom get thrown in there either. So we'll see what happens, man. But I wonder what the prediction markets have Newsom at right now. I'm going to check. Actually, I don't even know which ones were. I don't even know what what would be worse for the country, honestly. I think it's Mr. Surrender Afghanistan is probably worse. He This guy surrendered the most powerful military on earth to the Taliban and, and $80 billion worth of equipment. He surrendered. Uh, how many people died over there in that surrender? Uh, 19 people died in the bomb that went off and, and women throwing their babies, trying to th throw their babies over barbed wire to get them inside a military base. The babies are getting caught in the wire. Like yep. that's because of him. He called, he made that call to get rid of Bagram air force base, air superiority, and just left everybody in the lurch with the rushed surrender. The I most terrible military executive I've ever seen in power in the United I, States. I, I agree, but I don't, uh, you know, a lot of people think Biden's in charge or someone's pulling the leash. And I'm kind of like, no, I think they're letting him flounder. They're sitting back watching it, just letting it roll out. Because like you said, when it all comes crashing down, they want to burn it down. They want to replace it with something else. They just blame Biden and then he's gone. He's, he's there. He's there. He's their patsy. Perfect fall guy. But. But you're right. That is, I mean, it is scary. It's, it's one of Afghanistan was definitely one of the, uh, you know, big massive failures. I, I was in the SEAL teams for a little bit, and uh, and one of the things that scared me or concerned me when I was looking at the list of gear left behind was all the night vision goggles, because you know, as as when you're operating overseas, a lot of times we we would almost exclusively operate at night because we own the night, right? But now that these guys have all that night vision equipment, that's going to make it really difficult for any of our troops or any of our allies that are fighting at night. And, you know, that definitely yeah. takes our superiority and our advantage down. I don't know a, how, like how many they actually notch. left, but you know that they're not staying in Afghanistan either. The, no. It's, it's yep. getting into nope. uh, combat zones all over the world. And like, I mean... Anybody that's got, you know, played around with night vision, it is a completely different thing to be able to see at night when, when the people that you're going after can't see at no, night. No, look, I, mo I think most city people, I, 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 there's a lot of people listening right now who are going to be like, nah, Tim's, most city people don't know what nighttime is like. Mm, yeah. So when, in that famous story about LA, power goes out, the police get a bunch of phone calls about something strange in the sky. It was the first time they'd seen the Milky Way. Yeah. So when the lights are all out and it's dark. So when we have a, a new moon out here where we're at, we have, we have lights set up on the side of the driveway. We have uh, motion lights, not just for us to be able to see, but for security reasons too. But uh, I, you, you, you walk down the driveway during a new moon, it is pitch black. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, you are blind, 100%. You put on the night vision goggles we got, and it is daylight. Yeah. We also have daylight flashlights, which are cool too, though. No, it's it's true, man. It's one of the most surreal experiences 
that I've ever had walking through one of the, you know, very big cities, some of the most violent cities in the world. Um, but nobody's on the streets, but you and a, you know, a couple of your buddies patrolling. And it's, that's why it's because we have, we have that technology and they don't. And now you see it left behind like that. And it's just like, the first time you put them on and you could see satellites, it's crazy. Yeah, it's like it's like the movie Step Brothers, right? <laughs> yeah. When you were you were you in when they had were they had panos? Yeah. Did you, uh, What's a pano? Or you mean the? Are you the talking four? about the binos? No, no. No, the four. Yeah. No, I did. I never had the. Uh, I never had those. I always had the binos. Yeah. What are the pinos? So, binos two. are just two. Two or four. So what is the other one you call them? Panos. There's four tubes. Oh. Yeah. So, like, so you can actually see a wider <clears> range. Yeah. yeah. So when when uh, I first uh, first time I ever used them was actually like two years ago or whatever. I bought a pair and you look at the sky and it's like there's a satellite. Yeah. It's insane. They're shooting stars. Like they're up there happening right now. And you just. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You, you, you're seeing them go shooting across when you're wearing those things. It's it's nuts. And then you're like walking around like I can see everything. Did you, it's crazy. Ian, how much do those cost? Optic. How do we get those? Those are, are $42,000. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> how many of those were left? <laughs> I don't know about were that. surrendered. Do you know offhand roughly uh, how many? He could, he could Google it right now. I know it wasn't it wasn't 15 of them. It was, it was a lot. Thousand, thousands and thousands. And they, probably, they probably actually left binos. They probably didn't leave panos. Panos were are the uh, the really high expensive ones. Only the, that He was on uh, a SEAL. That's why I asked because the SEAL teams in Delta, the guys that get panos, everyone else gets binos. Plans, yeah. guns, and night vision. I mean, obviously. Yeah. I, I don't see how Afghanistan was an accident. How do you, you don't accidentally abandon your air force base in the middle of the night without telling your partners. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 that one's tough to explain. So what do you do in the military? You served it with the seals. Like if your commander or, orders a surrender, like uh, abruptly that causes mass death and, and loss of equipment and life, like what happens to that commander? Uh, I guess it depends on who the leadership at the top is, right? The military you know, I think for a long time has been, I think for a long time had been spared from a lot of the insanity of this culture. But even over the last couple of years, you've seen, you know, it, 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 you know, infect the military as well. Like I just, we, we had a, uh, we had an air force admiral in Homeland security, I think this last week. And he was talking about, um, some of their issues and one of their big issues was recruitment. And I asked him, do you think it has anything to do with the, you know, DEI training? Do you think it has anything to do with, you know, drag shows on base? You know, that, that type of stuff that never, never really was in the military. Um, and he's like, no, he, and, and he chalked it up to COVID. And I asked him, well, do you think it has anything to do with forcing uh, our service members to take an experimental vaccine? Um, and, you know, basically he was, he was like, well, you know, I don't, I don't know about that. And I was like, do you, because th- now the armed forces are actually offering these guys that didn't take the vaccine to come back in. Yeah. Right. And the, they said, oh, and we'll, we'll clear your record. Right. After they forced them out, many of them had families, had to find a new job, you know, whatever. And, and they didn't get on. I don't believe they got honorable discharges. Right. I, I think and, it was administrative, wasn't it? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> you, you, you might be right, Tim. Um, but, you know, I asked him, do you think that had anything to do with it? And he's like, he basically said, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not able to comment on who, that. Who was that? Some, it was some air force or I'm sorry, not air force. It was the coast guard. Admiral. Ge- General discharge under honorable conditions. Okay. So, uh, that's, that's what, uh, I guess is being reported. Just so that Admiral knows if you own up to the truth, uh, 
they'll be more likely to reenlist. Yeah, it was because they were forced to take a vaccine that they didn't trust and they quit because of it or they were discharged because of it. And now they're being asked to come back like what? Have some humility, guy, admiral. I, well, that's I, the problem. Like the military is one of the most dangerous jobs you can have. And if you if you don't have any faith that leadership's not going to sell you out, if, if you believe that your leadership will stab you in the back, you know, so they can continue to get promoted, how many people do you think are going to join? And that's, that's the thing. It's like a lot, a lot of these young kids, I mean, and I think there's multiple issues there, but a lot of these young kids don't trust this, the leadership that they just saw, you know, be in charge of the debacle in Afghanistan and that, you know, forced a bunch of our troops to get an experimental vaccine. And now that they can't recruit kids to come back in, you know, they're offering, Hey, to bring them back. I mean, it's just, it's a complete leadership disaster. What do you think would be a good incentive to get people back? Well, I think, I think uh, an, an apology to start with would be really nice. And these, these guys taking ownership and be like, Hey, we screwed up. Okay. We screwed up. Secondly, like my little brother, you know, when he was a Cobra pilot in the Marine Corps, he, I think he was on his last year in, in the Marine Corps and was basically told you're getting the vac, you're getting the vaccine or you're out. And so my little brother went to the Naval Academy, like flew helicopters, you know, high performing guy. Actual, and, actual officer, not Warren. Yeah. Officer. And yeah, he was an, he was an O and, uh, he lost his retirement because he wouldn't put that Jesus. in his body. Wow. And so take, you, you got to take care of those, you got to take care of those guys. And then you got to, you got to take care of the, the folks that are injured now because of the vaccine as well. And just make them feel like, Hey, we got your back because if you don't got my back when it comes to, you know, this stuff right here, you I don't, I don't think you're going to have my back when we're going to war against the CCP or we're going to war against Iran and, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm out there by myself and I need some air support. And to the, to the point that you were making earlier about the, about cultural Marxism and stuff, the, the goal of that kind of stuff is to shake people's, uh, faith and, and in the, in the, our, our system in the United States. And so if you've got, you know, graduating class after graduating class after graduating class being churned out of high schools and colleges that have been taught that America's not really all that good. America's not worth fighting for. America's a bad force, a force for evil in the world. America's the, the, the villain on the global scale normally. Uh, and generally that's the, the, the role that the U S has had since the end of world war two. If that's what you've been taught, why would you join the military to serve the cover the government? Right. Like now, there's no reason to. I want to do like a mini segment real quick. Have you guys heard about what's going on with Venezuela and Guyana? Yeah. yeah. No, what's happening? <clears throat> Venezuela's declaring ownership of the western portion of the nation of Guyana and amassing its military. And it's, now Guyana is requesting U.S. aid to prevent the invasion. It's over half of the country right. that they're making a claim to. It's not just a, a small part. Socialists want stuff for yeah. free. And, and so part of the reason why they're doing this is because um, uh, ExxonMobil was just doing found, uh, found explorations yeah. out uh, off the Ghana coast, and so they want to go after after Ghana's basically Guyana. their Guyana, uh, Guyana's uh, um, oil. <laughs> Ghana's on the other continent. <laughs> yeah, no, my bad. Guyana and Ghana, and so they're going out. So it's after the capitalists have done the exploring to find the oil reserves that you would only be able to find with tools provided or invented for capitalist right. uh, exploration, and now the socialists like, yo, that's mine. But, you know, give me that. I just want to say, like, you've got Middle Eastern conflict. You've got Eastern European conflict. You now have an escalating together. 
Yep. You, was it? You're tying it together, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Now you got South American conflict, and we're, we're, Southeast Asia is right on the horizon too. And also, it's on fire. This, this would be a world war. Also, with South, with the stuff going on in South America, there is the Monroe Doctrine that we have to worry about. If there's anyone that decides that they're going to uh, support Venezuela, that would be from the you know from Asia or from from you know whether it be. Uh, Russia or China or whatever, Iran. if they or Iran, if they decide that they want to support Venezuela, then the U.S. has the Monroe Doctrine, which is saying that no one from from any other part from the from the Eastern Hemisphere has any business being in the Western Hemisphere. This is the total the domain, totally the domain of the United States, and we will not accept countries from Europe or from uh, Asia or from uh, the Middle East or from Africa meddling in North or South America. We just totally reject it out of hand. And so now the U.S. is in a situation where if anyone does decide to go ahead and support Venezuela, then the U.S. is going to talk about the Monroe Doctrine and say, hey, you and can't look, be here. I don't think it even matters if Russia, Iran, or China gets involved with Venezuela. The fact is, if we have war in South America, war yeah. in Southeast Asia, war in Eastern Europe, war in the Middle East, you've got world war. That's, that's, that's kind of how World War II, like Mussolini started that in, with his North African conquest. He gave Hitler the green light, basically. He was like, hey, look, you can conquer your neighbors and no one's stopping me. And then Hitler was like, ooh, wow, I like and, that. Guy. And Japan, it's not like these, these are yeah. neighboring countries. Yep. Japan's it's just like war was totally You do different. it, which justifies that guy doing it, which justifies that guy doing it. And then you've got like a smash and grab situation where everyone's like, well, before this is over, I'm going to see if I can get a piece. Maybe not justify, but basically creates the opportunity. Yeah, justifying their own minds, I should say. I mean, is there really ever a justification for offensive Dude. war? I don't know. Yeah, is, but but the scarier thing, I suppose, is as Phil's bringing up with the Monroe Doctrine, is Guyana's asking the U.S. to prevent the invasion. Yeah. So what do you guys think we should... <laughs> Are going to get involved in war in Venezuela? I don't think so, but I'd rather have our aircraft carriers there than in the, in the I agree. Red Sea or something. I agree, yeah. because we're talking about having uh, uh, our forces in the Gulf. All I can say is I'm missing some mean tweets right about now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, are you it involved is... with this kind of... The military stuff in the Congress. I mean, you know, it's like uh, involved in in uh, the function of funding. That, that's the power of the purse is probably the biggest tool that Congress has, and so funding the military and then also funding, you know, I would say our our projects o overseas and foreign affairs. That that's. A lot of Congresses, and obviously Congress can declare war as well, but that that doesn't happen too often in hasn't, modern times. Hasn't usually, happened since you, World War Two, yeah, usually, usually uh, in modern times, you know, you've got your executive branch that's that's doing that. So the executive takes control of the military, or you know, probably unrighteously. The, but the, no, so the, right the now, executive always has control of the military. So once it's unleashed, it's the executive's authority until they want to stop. Does Congress declare when the war is over, or is that up to the the executive branch? It, it can be either or. So if someone's going to decide to move those aircraft carriers away from Israel into the, off the coast of Venezuela, would right that now be the president? Right now, that's the president. Yeah, that's the president making those calls. Joe right. Biden. Ah! He's like, what's Certainly. it called again? I, uh, they're talking about Hunter. Uh, they're lies. It's all lies. No, sir, we're talking about Venezuela going to war. You're lying. You're all lying. You're all, all right, everybody. We're going to go to Super Chat. So if you haven't already, would you kindly smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com. Click join us, become a member, so that you can hang out in the members-only uncensored show, which will be coming up in about 30 minutes. You don't want to miss it. And you get access to the Discord server to hang out with like-minded individuals who put on pre-shows, after-shows. And if you're in the Discord, you can submit questions and call in to talk to us and our guests. 
All right, we got user main. The first super chat of the night. Congratulations, saying first, join the Discord, Trump 2024. Right on. Kalichnikov says, why don't you cover the NZ whistleblower? Don't know enough about it. Have you guys heard about this? Negative. He released uh, 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 COVID data. I think vaccination data out of New Zealand. He's facing jail time. Don't know enough about it. Uh, we'll have to read more. But uh, <laughs> He's facing jail, jail time for releasing information about COVID? I think it was vaccine uh, data that was like released to the public. Ah, something like that. He's a good guy and they're going to throw him in jail. Good. That's, nice. That's good to know. Well, Rudy Cassone says, Nikki Haley. I'm guessing she doesn't open her mouth. Must be hiding her lizard tongue. Okay, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's disqualifying. It's disqualifying. It, it just is. Nikki Haley, when she talks, she doesn't open her mouth. She does this weird, for real, she does this weird thing where she bares her teeth and only moves her lips. And I'm actually really impressed because it's not easy to do. You talked you talked about this on two segments today, right? Because I have to watch the videos of her. I'm like, I'm watching, I'm watching uh, the debates and Nikki Haley is talking like this. Her lips are moving, but her teeth don't move at all. And I'm like, what is she doing? Uh, maybe, <laughs> oh, I don't want to, I don't want to. Why her, is she doing that? Her top teeth are big, so it doesn't look like they're moving. No, dude, but, they're not moving. Really? Sometimes they move. Jaw no, for tension. sure. It's, it's not absolute. But but she's gritting. She, she's talking through her teeth like when you're yelling at your dog. What are you doing? My, she was mad at Vivek. My guess yeah. is it's a facelift as part of it. So the Botox. face is like, is like this while, while the, the mouth goes, yeah, maybe. Or in a neck tension for sure. Like but yo, I'm, I'm not like getting Watch, watch, watch on the debates. Her lips move a lot and her teeth stay there. I'm like, that's, that's crazy. Maybe, maybe she, it's not news. And maybe she's the lizard person, huh? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can't unsee <laughs> I'm learning, it. I'm learning a lot tonight, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah. It, it is funny how the, have you noticed like all the media reporting that Nikki Haley won the debate? Really? It's so weird. Yeah. She won the debate. She couldn't name three provinces in Ukraine. That was brutal from uh, Vivek. All right, Ben D says, Tim, need to correct you on things. In 2021, as part of the American Rescue Plan, student debt forgiveness was legislated not to be taxable income through 2025. Democrats are smart, evil, and plan well. I heard well, there thing. you go. Yeah, Joe Biden is uh, canceling another $5 billion, they just announced. It's, what? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's called bribing, bribing yeah. the American public. Bu buying, the, buying them voters. Oh, yep. God. Yep. Ian Slater says 17th, LOL. Okay, well, I think you were like fifth, but you know, right on. Deadpool says the music was amazing last Friday. Would be awesome to get Serge Tankian to sing Empty Walls in IRL. Isn't that the guy from uh, System of a Down? Yeah. Yes, we'd absolutely love to have him on the show. System of a Down? Come on. All right. Alpha Turkey says Ben's hatred for Vivek is something to behold. You're talking about Ben Shapiro? Yeah. I think when you just say Ben, everyone knows who you're referring to. He didn't like Vivek. Why come he didn't like him? He's he not likes, like them ever. He's a DeSantis guy. Yeah, he's he's friends with him, but he's not a not a fan of him. Oh, okay. So, so he, does, he doesn't. I see what you say. So he, he does like him, but he doesn't support him for president. Yeah, he's friends with Vivek. <clears throat> Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. All right. Logan Culver says, Vivek is millennial Ron Paul. Changed my mind. I swear, if I get sent one more video of the Vivek Obama thing, I'm just like, dude, I don't care. 
They're like, did you notice that Vivek said things that Obama said? And I'm like, okay, I don't know. He's studying politicians and trying to learn how to be an effective uh, orator. Next question. What's the point? I liked how he turned to Chris Christie and kind of like emasculated him. I was like, just get off the stage. Come on. Why are you? Go have a nice meal. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, that is how I want my executive to talk. to down to other leaders like you need to establish dominance you know that there's a, that <laughs> video going viral of barbara walters being like you're too fat to be president did you see that no i didn't see and it. and he's yeah. like she's like i'm sitting here across from you and i notice you are overweight and he goes very and she goes <laughs> why and he's like if i knew i'd fix it and she goes well some people say you're too fat to be president and he wow. was like that's that's ridiculous that's i don't know if she had like that bluntly Wow. But, you know, I'll say it right now. I mean, the dude's got major health problems. I yeah. mean, look, I any, I don't think that I think it's irresponsible to put people that are that are unhealthy like that in positions of not just not just positions of power, but positions that we that we look up to. And I was talking to uh, to Brett about this today on PCC or before PCC. We need to bring back aspirational. No more of this ads that mimic reality and television shows that mimic reality and blah, blah, blah. I want aspirational things. I want attractive people in my ads. I want attractive people that we are, that, that us, that make people aspire to be better than they are. And I think those are the people that should, should get a, should get some, should get more focus from society. I think we want to go to Mars. Yeah, I mean that's aspirational, you know. But I think that I think that national vision and a national plan and something that unites us. So yeah, the but the idea that that we should focus on average, everyday, and mundane, and that's what we should put in our in front of our faces all the time because that's what reality is. I think that we should we should reject that and we should look towards more aspirational things. I like when average, mundane becomes awesome over the course of a movie because then you're like, well, now I know what average well, is. That's the hero's journey. Yes. All right. Comey Watermelon says, cast brew coffee and Shadowrun. It's a good night. Make Shadowrun great again. What is that? Good well, Shadowrun is like uh, post-apocalypse. Eh, it's like, no, it's like a fascist corporate corporatized global governance D&D. Oh. Like in the I, future. I, 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 thought, I, thought, I, I thought that's what it was because you had ma- mentioned it before. Yeah, there's magic and dwarves and all these like fantasy characters, but it's all we gotta, corporations. We got we to do that. Cool. Yo, like, we, we need to do this, okay? We need to do the Culture War D&D game. It could be really good. I mean, that would be an like. I mean, we 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 play it live. We do it for like four hours. How, how many hours should, should a campaign go? Two plus, but no, four it's is be good. More than two. It's yeah. got to be like a campaign. Probably should. Oh, go. a campaign. Campaign should 30, go. 40, 50 hours. Yeah, it should be like over right. the course of like. So I'm saying like six months. Sit down we for two, three hours a day. We need. So I I think there already exists like a political version of D and D, but we need to formulate it as to the modern politics and do like. So you 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 know what like the Democrats and the neocons did in 2020 that is war game. They basically play Dungeons and Dragons, but the characters were like Hillary and Trump and Biden. No, and uh, they war gamed out what would happen by rolling die and like mm. playing D&D. And so I'm like, we should do a show that creates the campaign throughout 2024 and like stays a little bit ahead of what's going on. Yeah, make half works great again. Well, we wouldn't, we wouldn't call them half works. You'd, you'd have like politicians, you know? The, the point, got, the point if, of the game is like you're a lobbyist for Raytheon. You know what I mean? Have you guys ever played a, a video game on the show like that? We wouldn't do it on this show. We'd make a different show. And okay. we, 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 we did film one time. We played D and D. That was kind of fun, but not. It wasn't like a live thing or anything like that. Cool. But uh, maybe, maybe gamer maids. Yeah, I was thinking that today. It could be like a, a you know, all inclusive gamer that. channel. Like it doesn't have to just be video games. It, the whole idea of like gamer men and gamer maids. Like, let's roll with it. Gamer men. <laughs> 
gamer men and gamer maids. <laughs> yes, I'm a proud. No, gamer but for real, man. like, how do we do this? We need we need someone who knows politics and D and D and can craft this. Maybe you should DM it. No, you'd be a great storyteller. No, no time for that. No time. I ain't got no, I got time, no time for that. For that. But, but we, it's we, fun. We, we, we it's could like do a it. Sunday we, night. Yeah, we could do it a, sun, a Sunday night live show. And then you're basically like, okay, the primary's happening. You're like, I'm gonna roll and see what happens. Like, oh man, you know, no, no, Donald Trump actually lost to Iowa. How did that happen? <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then you'd have like Proud Boys and Antifa and whatever. Yeah. It'd be hilarious. Oh. All right. Anyway. All right. Where are we at? Nick Napper says, Tim, man, you look tired. Uh, I am the antithesis of tired. Uh, I feel great. But thank you, thank you for your concern. Uh, man, I barely sleep. I can't sleep. I sleep like six hours a night. You meditate? Uh, no. I just did that. It was great. No. I took what a about, sauna. What about melatonin? You take any nope. melatonin? None of that. You, you work know. out? Uh, I skate here a, a lot. Okay. And so, uh, we've been, we've been skating a lot and filming a lot. Does that help? Does that help you sleep? When you I don't, skate? I don't, no, no, no. I don't have trouble going to sleep. I just don't need that much sleep. Oh. So I go, I go to bed usually around like 1 a.m. And then I wake up around, uh, it's six and a half hours. I wake up around 6.30. I'm sorry, 7.30. So, yeah. It's pretty so, awesome. Sleep and rest are different things. You can rest while you're awake, and you can get sleep and not get rest. Then that's I for sure. work throughout the morning. Uh, I've been working a lot faster. I've been trying to get things done sooner, but it only it only works depending on what like the news is. So right now, we're in like things are getting kind of dense news-wise, so it allows me to record more quickly. And then I've been skating around like 1 p.m., where I usually would skate around 3 p.m. Gives me a little bit more time to go get food and then come back and hang out, and then we get ready for the show around like 6.30 onward and then we finish at 11 and then i'm in bed by 11 30 and then i just watch I, 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 I usually i just watch tv shows but uh recently we were at a bank and one of the bank tellers had jujitsu kaisen as his, his his desktop background and so uh i was like i'm gonna watch that show and then i just spammed it anime yeah so is that is that your show your like genre of choice right now is that no i mean like uh, when you when you have uh so the boys great show gen v i like that and then uh, what was the other thing I was watching? Um, I, I I much prefer shows like that. But then recently, just because some guy at a bank was 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 uh, watching it, I was like, I guess I'll check it out. And then uh, actually, I think it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Cool. But uh, I don't know. Jujutsu Kaisen means sorcery battle. Sorcery battle. Yeah, that's basically what it's about. And people uh, like it. You basically take any anime, like modern anime, and they're all like identical. You know what I mean? You ever see that, that thing where they, yeah! they took, uh, yeah, Energy Blast or whatever. Someone took the top four country songs over like four years and then laid them over each other. Oh, yeah. And it's the <laughs> same song. <laughs> so, you know, it's, that's how anime works too. It's like when it works, you know, it works. All right. Sakurai13 says, I stopped eating bread after I realized it was staying fresh a month after the expiration date. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't like to eat things like that. You put fresh in quotation marks. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I, feel like that, I feel like that is more indicative of them telling you that it goes bad long before it's actually going to go bad. So you buy more than it is actually a problem with yes. the food. Yep. So. However, I, I think it's also, depending on the bread, like, McDonald's doesn't rot or mold. So there, so if you get Wonder Bread, just like white Wonder Bread, like the plain old white Wonder Bread, that stuff will be moldy with like real fast. And I feel like that's because of the sugar content yeah, in it. That's what I was thinking. But I don't. But if you get like all natural bread, that stuff will last and last and last. No, 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 no. Ian, Ian just make bread like every day, and it would mold in a couple days. Yeah, if you like keep it dry, it stays better longer. If you say keep it dry, yeah. 
in, in like but like five days. Yo, after seven, after, yeah. after two days, you're if you're there's like any moisture. Plastic bags yeah. make it go moldy really quick. But if it's in like a dry thing with holes in it, you can kind of like a bread basket. Mm-hmm. You can keep it five days, maybe seven top. But usually by seven, you've got mold on it. Five, mm. probably five. Rob says Phil should use his failed musician skills and see if Sean Danielson of Smile Empty Soul and Aaron Lewis of Stained would come on the show. Also, I hear James Hetfield is pretty based. Ian, you're the man, dude. Rock on. Uh, I don't know uh, the guys in Smile Empty Soul or James Hetfield, but I do know Aaron. I'm trying to get a hold of him, but I haven't been able to. He actually just left. He was he was here uh, a week ago. Yeah, last week. I'm trying to get in touch with him and see if he can. So he he played at uh, Hollywood Charlestown. And uh, I was like, oh, maybe maybe he'll have time. But it looked like his schedule wouldn't have made sense. So I don't know if our people reached out to his people or whatever happened. But I think he was coming straight from like Philly. Yeah. So it was like, no, no one's going to do a show and then do a morning. Like no one's going to play a live show up to midnight, then do a morning show and then do another show that night. It'd be cool to to have him on the culture war, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really great. Uh, I I really like that guy, man. Who is Aaron? Aaron Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. Reading reading what he wrote. He wrote that song. That was really big about America, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And he's from it, he's from Springfield, like he's he's from the town that I grew well, the town just south of where I grew up. Yeah. But seeing seeing uh, reading about his explanation for like why he wrote it and why he decided it's 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 amazing. He's a good mm-hmm. dude. Oh yeah, stained. Okay. Yeah, of course. This guy's music. He's great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they got tons of great stuff. Yeah. Is this, it's it been cool? a while. Is that stained? Oh man, it's been a while. Dude, that yeah. song's mm-hmm. hot. I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Andrew 843 says, disabled veteran here. Why can't the Major Richard Starr Act get a vote in Congress? Which one is that? Major Richard Starr Act. I'm not familiar. Uh, I don't know it off the top of my head. Well, I'd have uh, to look it up. Andrew just lobbied Congress right now. That super chat. Maybe now you'll uh, you'll yeah, look right? into it and maybe something will happen. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> maybe it turns out to be a really bad act. And then he's like, whoa, this guy's crazy. Or maybe it's something really good that needs to get some uh, conversation. We'll figure it out. Brown Bear says, as much as I want to see Trump get his revenge... After last night, I honestly think Vivek would be a better president. I agree. But uh, the issue with Vivek is, you know, all in all in due time, I think Vivek would be an excellent president. I think first he'd be a great VP. I know he probably doesn't want to do that, but I wonder if that's just him saying publicly, I don't want to be VP because he needs to maintain the composure of I'm a leader. I'm not just here to be VP. But... I, I don't know. I think he'd I think he'd do a fantastic job actually. Got me too, man. And you the, know, I agree. I, I want to throw in on that one. Here's the deal though. A lot of politicians are great at talking. Oh yeah. Right? And so as far as I'm concerned, is Vic Vake great on a debate stage? Absolutely. But you know, until you see, you can't really judge any of these folks until you see them under pressure. And that's the reason why I'm Trump all the way because we've we've seen them throw the kitchen sink at him. And he, he doesn't stop, like he doesn't change course and he's willing to stand in the gap no matter what, which is why, you know, Vivek may be strong, you know, if he got into one of these pressure, pressure situations, but we already know Trump is. And that's why, you know, I'm, I support Trump all the way because politicians are great at talking and talk is cheap. And that, that that's a good, another good point. I, I'd like to see Vivek take a, an, an office. He's you got know, a so debate. VP. Trump. But uh, apparently the rumor is... Uh, Melania wants Tucker to be VP. I, I saw that I kinda, too. I think Tucker would be. Yeah, I think Tucker would be a better VP than Vivek. Vivek's leadership material. Vivek should figure figure it out. I don't know. I, I think he's fantastic. But Trump Carlson twenty twenty four. Wow, that'd be that'd, that'd be hot. <laughs> That's dude. the populist. That'd ticket. be awesome. Yeah, uh, but I agree on the revenge thing. It doesn't thrill me as a message to send to the the people. 
I don't want to. I don't want to. No, he's saying he other. does want it. He, Oh, he agrees that revenge is cool. Yeah. I don't know. But he says, despite that, I do think Vivek would be yeah. better. Yeah, a, a, being given a plan and a blueprint of the future is, is exhilarating. I like revenge. I like, you know, and it's funny because you got these pundits being like, Donald Trump doesn't care about you. He only wants revenge for himself. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. Yes, okay, next, next question. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Trump going in and firing a bunch of people? Yeah, great. Let him get his revenge. When, I'll have a good time. When they did that quote too, where they, they asked him if he was going to, be authoritarian the day he went in or, or uh, if, gonna, uh, if he's going to abuse his power yeah and he he answered the question without listening to the, the question he answered it in a way that didn't make sense so i don't think he said yes i'm going to abuse my power he was just like he said right, he's going to do it on the, on the first day, first day. Yeah, no, 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 he said, close the border and deport a bunch of people yeah. I think close the border and drill and drill 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 yeah that's it close and then the sean and was like yes but going after your opponents he's like we're gonna drill and he's like so you're saying <laughs> you want to bring things back to the way they were okay next question we're gonna drill <laughs> Want to close the border? Mikey says, yo, Tim, it's my birthday. <clears throat> Happy birthday. Is that Mickey or Mikey? I think it's Mickey. The Ninja Bear says, Tim, you have to have movies like Monty Python and Die Hard playing in the studio. Mary hasn't seen them. Phil and Peeps, Empire is the best Star Wars movie. Jedi is just Muppets. Ian, Web 3.0 blockchain. We were talking about Star Wars uh, before the show. He was I, listening to the show today, PCC today. Oh, what, what they were talking about it? Yeah. Because I mentioned uh, in uh, on Twitter that you know basically we, we we talked about how Luke Skywalker got radicalized by religious zealots to go right. blow up a military base. There canonically, there's between one and two million people innocent uh, 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 or two uh, one to two million total on the Death Star. In later books, they said, "Oh, it's it's Empire propaganda." It was only eight hundred thousand, and I'm like, <laughs> "Is that better?" I mean, dude, come on, Luke right. Skywalker killed a million people. And it's canonical, uh, it is canon, that uh, many of the people who, who were on the Death Star had their families there working as well, and many of them were civilian contractors. Because it has to be. I mean, there's no reasonable storytelling with, well, we evacuated all civilians, and the only people there were evil military men. Look, well, people, people's families are there. And so uh, my, my point I eventually got to was, I think, you know, people are, pe people are saying, yeah, but the Death Star blew up Alderaan, and I'm like, nah, that, that's rebel propaganda, dude. Alderaan blew itself up, you guys. Sorry no. to tell you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, because they were they were stockpiling weapons to use against the innocent, you know, people, the religious zealots. And then when when it blows up, they just they blame it on the Empire. So it's a false flag. If and but more importantly, real quick, the story of Anakin Skywalker in Revenge of the Sith is the most unbelievable and implausible scenario I've ever heard. Here's this guy who's a military hero, beloved by the people who is working on behalf of the government legally. And then one day, just one day for no reason, he murders the head of the Jedi Council and then decides an hour later to massacre children. That sounds like rebel propaganda. Mental illness. No, but like, <laughs> my point is, it's just bad story writing. Yeah. Like Anakin Skywalker is like, you can't kill him. He must stand trial. And Mace Windu's like, no, he's too evil. So literally it's Anakin being like, we must uphold the law. And then an hour later, he's like, I guess I'll kill a bunch of kids. <laughs> like that story arc makes no sense whatsoever. So I want to make a short film. We got to figure this one out where it's basically inverting the propaganda and making Star Wars from the perspective of the Empire. They wouldn't call themselves the Empire. That's silly propaganda. They'd call themselves the, the United States of, right. of, of, of space. We'll say the, the United, United Planets of space. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a religious zealot gr group of religious zealots that they, they, they blow up a military base, killing millions of, of people, including a hundred thousand, hundreds of thousands of civilians. 
if if the Death Star had blown up Alderaan, would they have been justified in murder? And would it even be murder? I asked you guys that before the show. If they for Luke blowing that Death Star up with a million people on it, was it justified? I say no. I say yes. I think so. It's 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 all in the storytelling, and the storytelling is the only way to do it was this one weakness where they sent in the bomb and then it blew the whole thing up, and then everyone said that was stupid, and so then they made the prequel Rogue One. Where the guy building the Death Star goes, I've I've implanted a secret weakness so that my daughter could blow it up. I'm like, yeah, okay, great, oh, retcon. Cheap. Right, because the reality is they would stage an attack on and this is a this is a moon-sized base. They'd attack the weapon. They would disable the weapon and not massacre everybody on the on, on the on, on the base. And honestly, try and take it over if you I mean maybe that's impossible. Yeah, I want to answer that guy. He said Empire was the best of the Star Wars and the Return of the Jedi was a bunch of puppets. You're right, it was, but it was <laughs> the best in my opinion because the way Luke turned Darth Vader to the light side is like just what great storytelling. And that that happened in Jedi. Yeah, it was the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, not Empire. No, that's why I think Jedi's better is because oh, he did it oh. in Jedi. I just like that story is oh, like, wow. yo, yes, you can re redeem. Okay. Yeah, I disagree with that. Yeah, it was it was it was so stupid how they made him evil in the first place. That was just so dumb. Your yeah. your your wife died from sadness and now you murder children. Like why did Anakin kill a bunch of kids? It was like super cheap. Everything I will do anything you say. What? Why? Like come on, man. Give know. give me something to believe the dude wants to be evil. Not just the what have I done? <laughs> Yikes. But anyway, my point is we could take those clips and then make a short film where we're like, this is all rebel propaganda. That's not how Anakin, Anakin didn't murder a bunch of kids for no reason. It can you know start I mean? off with like an old man reading this end of the story. And it turns out he's like a rebel propagandist. They're like, oh yeah, that guy. And then when you like find out it's all rebel propaganda. I think you just do the movie and you do it yeah, from you, the perspective of the empire. That, right. And then there you go. like, it just, you don't have Darth Vader killing people, killing children for no reason. Like that just makes no sense. It doesn't even fit his story arc. No, I mean, for real, if they want to make him evil, they, there was no point in making him go to a temple to murder children. It didn't do anything for the story. I was thinking like Princess Bride, others, the narrator is like, but if you really want to know what happened and then he gets out the real book and he's like, <laughs> and we wouldn't, we, we would be able to call it. I, actually, we might be able to call it Star Wars and the Empire because we're making fun of it. Luke, Luke is just some zealot. Oh, we we're talking about this too. Like Ian mentioned that his, uh, his, his, he comes home and he finds his parents are murdered. Yeah. Fried by lasers or something. All right, let's break this down. So his, uh, military. his uncle and aunt. Actually, let me ask you. So uh, you served overseas. Yeah. You get orders that there are people who have stolen classified military weapons materials and are and, and, and have hidden that in a location. Like, how would that play out if you were ordered to go to that house? You, and like they're 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 not cooperating. You have to like kick the door in like you've got to get that stuff back. Yeah. So so the scenario would be. The stormtroopers, they call it. Oh, come on. That's propaganda. The servicemen and women receive vital instruction that weapons, classified weapons, materials, plans, and uh, means of exploiting and blowing up a military base have fallen into the hands of religious zealot terrorists. They deploy to this planet, all desert. They go to this house, last known location of the droid carrying the information. And what happens? The people there resist. I mean, so this is not a, this is not a, this is not an easy situation, and I don't know what the answer is going to be. But the end result was they die. The military then collects what they can. They find nothing. They leave. Luke Skywalker comes home to find his parents are dead, and then says the evil empire killed and, my killed or his aunt uncle. Sorry, 
And he's like, they killed my aunt and uncle and now I want revenge. And that's probably a true story for what happens with the United States and the Middle East all the time. And if you think about the drastic nature that the uh, the empire was under is like if during the Manhattan Project, if our plans for the nuclear bomb got leaked to the Nazis and it was in a location and we had to send in special forces to get it back, like there is no time. To, you don't ask if you can have it. Like, well, let's let's put it this way. The plans for a for uh, uh, the schematics for the World Trade Center are stolen by terrorists with also the capability and the means and the plans to destroy them and everyone inside. And soldiers are ordered to go recover that to put a stop to this plan. And in in the search, these two people are killed. They resist. They say, oh, get out of here. A fight breaks out. The guys with the guns that, wins. That's the key word. The key word uh, there is resist. Right. And it like in, in a situation like that, it depends on <laughs> what level of resistance, right? If you feel like you can handle you can handle the situation without lethality, that's absolutely what you do. But if if you don't, if you feel like you need to escalate it to lethality, then that's See, how it works. We got to make this short film. It's gold, man. Right? Yeah, I, so this, I definitely feel like I should have beefed up on my Star Wars before coming yeah, out here. Luke, Luke, <laughs> Luke Skywalker. I feel completely inadequate to even. Did you see the first three? I think, yeah, I did. I did, but I'm definitely not at the level of you guys, man. Oh, man, they were so good. It's so my, Luke, that's my bad. Luke comes home and his aunt and uncle are dead, and then a religious guy in robes comes and he's like, let me explain to you the truth about the evil empire. And he's like, what's the evil empire? Well, you might call them the United Planets, you know, of the Milky Way. But we call them the evil empire. And then he's like, whoa. And the guy gives him a gun, basically. Like, dude hands him a weapon right away. <laughs> Luke was like, going to join How the, old was Luke? 16? Like, yeah, something? something young, young. And the dude's like, here's a laser weapon. And he's like, wow. I'm, I'm, it's, like, it's, it's, it's also funny with Harry Potter. They're basically giving kids guns. Like, Luke you give him a wand, and, the, and then Harry Potter slashes a kid in the back. Luke that and Vince happened. were going to join the uh, the United we should read Empire of Planets. Oh, yeah. But we'll talk more about that later. Uh, Ram Charger says, I was a member of the U.S. Coast Guard, which is part of the DHS. I was one of many who, kick, who was kicked out over not being vaccinated. If Congress is willing to make the DOD and DHS take us back with back pay and back promotions, no matter our discharge status, uh, uh, is Congress willing to make the DOD, DOD and DHS take us back with back pay, back promotions, no matter their discharge status? No, what do you think about that? Yeah, if it was for the vax mandate, I absolutely would be. I've talked to a couple members on the uh, the VA committee about that same thing, a couple other veterans. And uh, I, I do think there's an appetite amongst it from uh, certain members of the conference. I don't know if, if we could get... Right now, to pass something in Congress, you would need 218 votes. And I think we have like 221 people. So it's a it's a tall order to get any piece of legislation through Congress. And then you have to get it through the Senate and then Biden would have to sign it. But it, it goes back to what I was talking about. That, that That's one way right there that they could start to reestablish some trust amongst not only folks that have served, but in you know amongst younger generations if they want to get the recruiting numbers up. Let me try. Okay, I'm going to try and get your name right. It's, uh, is it uh, Wojciech Zapatochny? I totally got it wrong, but I was close, right? I say that we vote to take Ian's rocks away. All in favor, say aye. Unfortunately, we are in a republic where uh, the <laughs> sheep is well armed and can contest the vote. Uh, oh, that's that's true. <clears throat> so everyone in chat, can, we're not a democracy. You can't. Um, I being the representative, however, if elected, will uh, issue my decision on uh, voting to take away Ian's rocks. What, what rocks do they want, Ian? 
Well, he's you probably he, want this aquamarine, no doubt. It's beautiful, <laughs> and maybe this amethyst, which I, I think. Love a lot. I think. I think the problem is, ladies and gentlemen, as your representative here at Timcast, I'm actually the one who gave Ian a bunch of those rocks. It's true. And we'd have to go through and like be like a divorce mushrooms. settlement. I don't want to do these mushrooms are great. I got them in a triangle like the Triforce. Everyone's voting to take away your rocks. <laughs> no, don't do it. That's where I get my power. I'm just kidding, by the way. We could power do. We could do a bit where Ian's rocks get stolen, and he just he's wearing a suit, reading the Bible. Rock man. We do have machines that took the rocks. No, he should be polishing a chessboard like shot or doing the chessboard like Shawshank Redemption. Like, yeah, I can't get out of my head. Yeah, they they give him all the rocks and then he makes a chessboard, chess Ooh, pieces out of it. That's a good idea. That's cool. Raymond G. Stanley Jr. says Tim likes chair dancing to Taylor Swift. You know, the last thing I want to bring up on this is like if you saw my segment on this one, the there's a psyop going on right now to convince Trump supporters to attack Taylor Swift. You know why? Because Taylor Swift publicly called out George Soros. She did, and Alex Soros. Because they bought her music, her master recordings out from under her. And now, for some reason, a bunch of Trump supporters are actually attacking Taylor Swift, insulting her. And I'm like, why are you starting a fight with someone who actually just opened the door for an opportunity there? Right. Like, you can go to all of Taylor Swift's fans right now and be like, hey, Taylor Swift fan, did you see how George Soros screwed over Taylor Swift? Yeah, we also don't like George Soros. Right. Instead, people are like, Taylor's awful and she's a Democrat, so condemn her. And I'm like, why? Oh. It's so weird. It's so weird. That's cool, man. The uniparty is definitely where we should be focused. Yeah, just don't, like, first of all, if, if Taylor Swift is going to vote Democrat and push all these things, and she probably will, why go to war with the most popular celebrity? It just makes no sense. Because people are dumb. So we've got to get Taylor yeah. over here. All right, James hates everything, says you've clearly never seen troops, Google, Owen and Barrow were, were, were a domestic dispute. Yes, I have, but it's not what I'm talking about. <clears throat> I'm saying I want to make it totally inverted, right? But anyway, my friends, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends. Head over to TimCast.com because the members-only show will be starting in like a minute or two. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be fun. And uh, you can follow the show at TimCast IRL. You can follow me personally at TimCast. Uh, Rep Crane, would you like to shout anything out? No, I just appreciate the opportunity to be here, man. Thanks I mean, for coming. Yeah, appreciate no, the insight. It's it's awesome to be here, and uh, you know, I I appreciate what you guys do. Um, you know that as you guys know, a lot of media has been completely co opted. So it's great to have alternate you know places where people can come and just listen to regular people talk about you know I think uh, uh, you know different perspectives. Right on. And I, and the good news, I I think independent media is winning. Oh. And it's been it's been gradually just going up and up and up. So that's fantastic. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. I am uh, Phil. That remains on Twix. I am Phil. That remains official on Instagram. The band is all that remains. Uh, you can follow us on Spotify, on Apple Music, on Pandora, uh, YouTube. You know the internet. Yeah. Eli, I hope you come back, man. That was awesome. This is really good. And people are going to follow you on Twitter. It's at Eli Crane underscore CEO is your personal account. And then it's uh, Rep Eli Crane is your is your congressional account. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, pro man. I probably should have said that, man. Hey, let me do it for you. I'm a hype <laughs> man. That's what I do. <laughs> thank you, brother. Always pleasure, dude. Appreciate it, dude. Yeah, you too, man. And Serge, tell me about it. Yo, uh, oh, yeah, that's give, me my, give me that microphone juice. Uh, that spot's fixed over there, so whenever we're done, it is fixed. get over there. Yeah, it's oh, just good. the cable burnt out. It's working before, when, uh, what, soundcheck like at 6 o'clock, so I right. it's just burnt out. Say love Yeah. Cool. All right, everybody, we will see you all over at TimCast.com in about a minute or so. Thanks for hanging out.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 